0: We are certainly in no shortage of options when it comes to shopping. And honestly, that's kind of become part of the experience. Wading through a sea of choices, the excitement of finding that one thing that checks all your boxes, the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Because at the end of the day, even the perfect purchase can be made even better with great deals. And that's where Rakuten comes in. Rakuten helps you get the brands you love with the most savings and cash back. You can start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Levi's, Kiehl's, and Petco, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The concept is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. It's truly a win-win because you can shop all these amazing brands in one place and save money while you do it. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or, go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side? Even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android. Or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, Detective.
1: Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. Please advise nation. How you doing? I know that we have not been consistent lately and I wanted to give you a little something I could record on my own because you are loved and most importantly, you are appreciated. Um, For those of you who don't follow Christina on Twitter, you might not know that her father, William Willie Lopez, passed away on September 8th. Christina has posted a really beautiful thread on her Twitter as of today, October 1st, where she shares the news and some really beautiful and challenging thoughts that she's had in her grieving process, which, as a lot of you know, can often start well before you lose someone who has a terminal illness. So please go check that out and show her some love. I think that that's the best place to get the full story from her perspective, obviously. And I'm sure that when she's back, we will discuss it as much more as she wants to when she wants to if she's comfortable. Um, I will say personally for me, Willie, I I just, he was an amazing man. I loved him so much. And I'm thankful that I got to spend time with him and feel that I knew him before he passed. (laughs) I don't think a lot of people, especially in our situation where we met on the other side of the country from our family, um, people get to really know their friends, parents and, I not only felt like I got to know them, I felt like I got to really know and love them, Willie especially, (laughs) because he's always cracking jokes and he made everyone around him feel like a million bucks and he just sort of had this like swag to him and (laughs) he is definitely where Christina got her filthy sense of humor Um, and just like everyone else who knew him and loved him. I will miss him dearly. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to check in with you guys. And I figured the best way to do that might be through a little pop culture breakdown, sort of a staple of the show. And I brought back a friend of mine, a friend of the show, Jenna, aka at Holler at Me. Um, We wanted to talk about Free Britney, Amanda Bynes, Billy, if you're listening, um, Billy, who wanted to give Amanda Bynes the iPhone, um, I actually wind up relating to you in this episode and bringing up just sort of how I felt for your plight. I hope you're still listening, Billy. Um, We also, of course, want to talk about Natalie and Caroline. Um, This was recorded on September 29th, right after the Red Scare podcast was leaked or released. So I'm not sure if there's been plot twists since I'm sure there has been by the time this is edited and up i'm sure there has been but yeah um i also think that i come across a little bit as someone who might like or enjoy caroline calloway in a way that i do not in this episode i feel like i sound like i like her um and I do think she is the lesser evil in a lot of ways, but I also don't want to negate the experiences of anyone that she's hurt, as I truly do not know enough about her to, like, uh, to comment on her past. Uh, Of course, like, you know, I'm fine invalidating Natalie's experience. (laughs) No, I'm not. But... I I'm not a Natalie fan in this in the sense of this article. Maybe maybe I am a Natalie fan. But as of right now, I think she's she's great with the pros, but not really someone Anyway, listen, I'm hand-wringing a little bit over here, uh, cause part of me knows that I probably just shouldn't talk about something like this at all because it's inviting a certain level of like chaos into my life, uh, just because people are so heated about this online. And I'm sure someone's gonna listen to this and get upset and then put it on blog snark. And I'm gonna be like, ah, <laughs> I just shouldn't have fucking said anything. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm already dealing with a certain level of chaos because I know about this shit in the first place. So I think we can all agree knowing about this at all is an unenviable position. And uh, I've had so many thoughts about this and I kind of want to write like a like a little mini ebook juggalo slash fiction starring natalie and caroline i played around with that genre a little bit on my twitter um if you want to go back and read that thread the much less important or interesting thread uh mentioned in this intro anyway i'm sorry i need to break this cycle of natalie and caroline in my life but um if trump being investigated can't tear me away i'm terrified to know what will honestly like some some I mean like what's gonna have to happen like is the nuke gonna have to hit Glendale before I'm done with Natalie and Caroline probably okay anyway um here's that chat with Jenna and I where we talk all about that stuff prayer chain for Aaron Carter all right let's do it okay we have Jenna with us holler at me on Twitter and all social medias how you doing girl
2: I'm doing well how are you
1: Good. Thanks for joining me on the phone. We've been like on a lot of social media wavelengths these days, not necessarily always on the same page, but always with respect. I love a person that, you know, we're kind of keeping up on the same stuff, maybe different POVs. That's what I live for in
2: life, baby. That's the fun of having friends with different points of view, though. You get to see all sides. Uh,
1: Truly. Like, people are always surprised that Liz Bentley and I don't really duke it out. But, like, we literally, like, I go to her being like why am I so obsessed with like Caroline Calloway making sure that she does her drugs safely? Like if this bitch is going to run around doing drugs in the age of fentanyl, why does it upset me? So like what, and I realize I'm being a little bit codependent. I have like a moment where I'm over sympathizing with certain actions of hers and people expect something like that to be something that we would like really disagree on. But no, man, like it's, it's so crucial for me to have other perspectives. It's why I watch Joe Rogan.
2: Oh, that's my boyfriend's favorite podcast. Really? Yeah. I don't really listen to it. I just know him from news radio, but, um, he, he, he loves it. It's his favorite podcast. You What's interesting. What's, yeah, I did. He moved in pretty much this whole month. He like paid my rent for September for his portion and then didn't really move in until the last couple of weeks, giving me some nice space, which was great.
1: What were you going to say really quickly about, um,
2: like, different POVs? Sorry. Well, I was going to say about Caroline doing drugs. One, you wrote a very thoughtful comment on her Instagram that I thought was helpful and not, like, mean or snarky. It was just, like, concerned, and she deleted it.
0: And no, I
1: deleted it. You deleted it? Oh, my God, I just God, didn't girl. want a part of it because someone else tweeted, like, what happened to Malza's comment? And I just, like, wrote back, and I was like, I deleted it. I don't want a part of it because... Like one, I don't, I think that she saw it, like it was up long enough. She, she deleted reads comments, it. so she saw it, you know, and she chose not to delete it. And I hope that like she received that message. It sounds like something she doesn't do frequently, but like, yeah, I basically, Caroline was saying, we're going to talk about this at the end of the episode. We're both sort of like a little obsessed, but we also know that this story's, sort of a lot of people are at the end of their ropes with it. And I totally understand. And this is coming really late, um, to the party in some ways. I can't believe it's only been though, like two weeks that story dropped on like September 9th. Right. You know, so, or September 10th. So like, it wasn't that long
2: ago, but I think, a lot every, of people every have everyday brings so much though that it's I like know. it's it's almost like trump news when you're like not, or like a school shooting where it's like there's so much every day that it become like numb to it. And then there's like another detail. And then eventually it's just like, Oh wait, that was only two weeks ago. It feels like we've been here for three months.
1: I know. So I will say just really briefly, actually, I do think that if, if anyone's going to not want to listen to the end of it, this is the one part that I think that they can listen to. So if you're feeling any Caroline Calloway fatigue, I totally understand um the thing that Jenna and I are talking about was that she was talking about going to Harvard and saying that she would accept a little blow from, you know, someone if she was on from campus. A, from which, a college student. Yeah, because she doesn't want Adderall because like that's triggers her addiction. She's but, in recovery. She's she's
2: in recovery, so she wants Coke.
1: Um and you know, I I listen, like you can't stop someone who's going to do something from doing it. Like she obviously, like, especially if she casually uses Coke, like, you know, I've had some younger years myself. And I will say that, like, if you set your mind on something like that, like I'm going to do this tonight, you're going to do it. You just are. But I think that the, the main thing for me was one, like like, why are you saying this publicly? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't lead with that in my message, but ultimately, like, that can be used against you in court. That absolutely
2: can. Like, I don't know she, why you're creating she a doesn't case have any friends. Yourself. She can't text someone, hey, do you have a dealer? She has to literally crowdsource because she doesn't have friends, I don't think, up there. Right.
1: And, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's, like nor- like, normal to not have friends in, like, a city you've never lived in. But it's not normal to like, you know, she had an invitation to one party, surely one person at that party would have known someone. But anyway, that's not even my point. Because my my point is that like, she then like opens it to all of Instagram. And apparently one of her Instagram connections was the person that gave her coke to have in Boston. And we're in an age of like, just now is like a scarier time to do drugs than ever. You just can't do that shit. Like, there's famous people that die from it all the time, but more importantly, there's like average regular Americans that die from it every single day. Yeah. And it's because it, there's fentanyl and drugs, and like people are, you know, it's not just like, you know, people cutting up laxatives and like sort of like the jokes of, you know, cheap cocaine or something like this is stuff that can really kill people. And it does kill a lot of people, especially in cities like Boston, like Boston has a huge, you know, opioid crisis, which would mean that fentanyl's a lot more available. And, um, you know, pills are fake and, you know, like Coke is con- severely compromised. And I'm just like, girl, like people hate on you all day on this app. And now you're like, going out and getting Coke from people you don't know. But like, if you're going to do Coke, like, I mean, this is a little insane. Like it's, it's a, it's, I don't know how, at the time I didn't know how regularly she did it. So I just like looked it up. I was like, order these tests. Like there was something from Australia. Like, I hope you can get them in the U S but I was like, dude, you can't run around like taking Coke from people you don't know in a city. You don't know, like, and, and also irresponsible. Yeah, I was worried for her. Like I did. It felt like parental. It definitely did. And like, you know, some people were saying like, keep Narcan on you. And someone else chimed in who was like an actual medical doctor. And they basically echoed my statement, sentiment rather with like, you know, just much more like, professional sort of terminology and obviously knowledge so I after a certain point once that was there and it was up for a couple hours like I took it down mostly because I don't want a part of it secondly because I know Caroline probably saw it you know and uh yeah I just I I don't know like I I I feel this like desperate need to intervene and it's like not healthy like I like (laughs) There's nothing I personally
2: can do. So I just like... You did what you can do. All you can do is express your concern and and that's what you did. And No, I know. But like, I want to like help her clean out her dad's hoarder house. Like I... Why? So do I. Well, not since she described the last thing she described about it. but But yes, I also do too. I want to help people that seem overwhelmed. And that is a problem in my relationships that I've had to like stop doing. And now I try to only help people that like really need it, that I'm not just like putting my own weird manic, like organization energy onto that didn't ask for it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's weird. My, I've always had this sort of quality about me and I really don't know what it means, but like I'm always there to like turn up for like my turnout, rather not turn up, turn out for my like like couple really close good friends. Like, whoever my group of like three or four people is are at the time, you know, and then you're a good friend, but then randomly, like the people that I really can like show up for are complete fucking strangers. Like I will like absolutely go out of my way to like, just (laughs) fully like go and like fix someone's like, you know, projects that they're working on or like help them with their resume or, you know, and I like to the point where my friends are like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm helping a teenager with his resume on the internet. Like what else would I be doing?
2: I think that's partly internet culture too. Like I've lent money to some of my Twitter friends that I've like never met in person. And just because like they were getting evicted and I felt really bad and we've known each other, you know, online for, Couple years, and I don't know. I'm like like that, and like you know, you don't always get paid back on time. Uh, but you're helping somebody, and it makes you feel good, whether it's somebody you know or not.
1: Yeah, I pop people off. Just need help, and I definitely pop off with donations a lot for like yeah. random shit, or like I'll reach out and be like, "Yo, I'll help you out with that." Like sometimes it just like it's on your spirit, like you just need to
2: give a little. It's just something speaks to you, but... Can yeah. I plug, can I plug a donation real quick? That's actually related to Carolyn Calloway, and I think kind of important. Uh, and you had her on your lifetime podcast, I, and maybe please advise. I'm not sure. Alexis uh, Wilson, sassy black diva on Twitter, she has been keeping everyone up to date about Carolyn. And actually, that's how I learned about her in the first place. It's how I learned about all my weird shit, my Lulu Row, my Finnish weird blonde family, like all that shit. She finds, and she has a GoFundMe right now so that she can move to New York. And she's brilliant. So yes go, go alexis has amazing Twitter. content
1: dude she's dude. the best yeah
2: amazing content
1: she's very sharp and very
2: very funny mm-hmm. i donated y'all should donate consider it
1: um so wait is it is it the one for her dentals It is like i went on her thing
2: is it for dental surgery or moving to new york I don't know the answer to that. I think it's for both. She's like living in her mom's house right now, trying to like get a job after her girl boss shit, and um, I think she also does need a lot of dental work too. Got that. Either
1: I way. need a root canal. I mean, I can't relate, but I do. I will say it sucks to need a root canal to be right. sitting on that. So all the more reason to send over a donation. Yeah. Um, so, girl, I know that you just moved in with your man. Mm-hmm. He moved in with me. Oh, that's right. I guess, yeah. And so he's at your place. You guys have a two bedroom. Are you sharing the
2: bedroom or having your own bedrooms? Well, I think what's going to happen. It, well, my be- my bedroom, everything's staying the same in the house because I'm fairly decorated. I have my grandparents' furniture. It's stylized mid-century modern in the living room. The bedroom is like kind of pink and like celestial, so that's staying. I want to see pictures. Okay, I'll I'll have to send some pictures. Um, and then his room, my roommate moved to Spain to go to grad school, and so he took that room, and it gets to be his like office, gaming den, whatever. Um, Eventually, I think we're going to put like a futon, like some sort of bed in there or like couch in there um, because I hate that he snores. And so I'm going to need like somewhere to go when I want to like escape the bed. We're also going to sell my queen and get a king bed, which I think will be helpful too.
1: I think that sounds like so ideal. Honestly, I really think that having separate bedrooms is a huge thing. And yes, you're going to wind up in the same bed most nights for sure. But like, it's so nice to have a bedroom. I worship my bedroom. I can't Me imagine. Too. That's like a thing that I hold on to when I'm like, dude, in the long run, I don't, I really don't think I want to be with someone like that for so long. It's partially because I want my fucking bedroom. Like, I yeah. love, a. I love a bedroom. So, I I've always admired those houses too. The bridge houses. Have you seen those? Where no. like it's two houses that are right. It's like kind of a little bit like the houses on Big Love, but absolutely not at all like that. Um, They're houses share a backyard. Well, yeah, but a bridge house is like basically two like sort of long, slender houses um, that are built next to each other with like a bridge that goes between the two houses on like the top floor. Oh, we have so, that at Girl Scout camp. Yes, exactly. And there's couples that like live in these. And I just think that that is such a good idea for a marriage. Like, I
2: would, that. I would like, love that,
1: you know, and like if the, if the other person is like a maniac and like, they want to live in like chaos over there, like, sure, that's a bigger picture sign. Like, if that's what they want to go live in in their free time, there's a question there. But to be able to sort of have your own domain and, like, your own, you know, style or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter if the other person hates it. That would be nice. Does your boyfriend come with any uh, tchotchkes? He comes with
2: this, like, model he made, some... I want to say Gangam, but that's not right. It's like some, 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 I don't know, some like model. He like got really high and then like like tinkered on all night that he loves. I mean, not yeah. really. He's he's actually a minimalist. He doesn't have that much stuff. You know what he has? A sporting equipment. He's got spear fishing shit. He's got a surfboard. And a do you have like a garage and rock area? climbing shit and Is ski a- stuff. It's like oh, Jesus. Gosh, um, yes, rude. but not like a ton of room. I do have a huge front closet. Um, so that's important. Um, he I mean, is camping sporty. a lot. Yeah, he's really sporty. Um, it's a lot. So you guys are staying
1: active. Some real Type A
2: shit over there. And how's like the? Otherwise, we'll just eat ice cream and and lose our lose our figures. So it's good. I'm like I don't like the sort of sports he does. I find them all to be like high adrenaline and dangerous because I'm like kind of a risk adverse sports girl. Like I do Pilates. I want like low impact. Um, so. I'm like, Oh God, you're going to climb a rock, like good luck to you. Like I told him literally, if he wants to do any of that shit, he needs to put me on, and like he wants to a motorcycle. I'm like, okay, if you literally buy a motorcycle, you can. I can't stop you from doing anything. Go ahead, but even if we're not married, you need to put me as the sole beneficiary of all your life insurance and all your shit. like I'm not fucking around yeah, the motorcycle life is crazy, like no, I'm not gonna like you know what you lost you know, your mind. you know who loses the most when your, when your fiance dies, your fucking fiance. Uh, who's left like you lose your life but like you're not on any other shit you're not in charge of any other stuff like you have no legal right to your fiance dying and so I'm letting him know like even before we actually get engaged like if you're gonna participate in that type of like reckless dangerous behavior like you need to take care of me (laughs) I'm not
1: fucking around you are so like smart to do that because (laughs) like literally I do say that like if you are riding around a motorcycle like in traffic, like you must, you don't care about your family. Like you better not have a family if you're doing that. And I, (laughs) I hope (laughs) more, I hope that someone is listening to this right now and gets their husband to like sign some piece of paper, like, you know, post-nuptially or something saying if they fucking kill themselves in a motorcycle, you know, I understand, you know, Everyone has their different adrenaline rushes. I'm like a very much a Pilates type of yoga ass bitch myself. But I will say that when I want to get like, my other sort of athleticism is I do want to do shit like rock climb. Like I love, really? yes. I'm a little like spider monkey. huh? Um, cause I have all these fucking limbs, bitch. Like I'm literally all yeah. limbs. Like I can just like climb. Um, so I like to do in stuff like that, but I could never do like a motorcycle. I do love to ski. Skiing is really fun, but it is high risk. You go fast, I, or are you like traversing through the trees. What's your? I for? I was, uh, like on my own. I actually think about
2: it. Do you ever think about stuff you did as a kid, like and how you could have died? Well, yeah, I jumped off waterfalls in Hawaii and Hawaiian stuff, like thirty-five foot. Jumps and stuff. I would never do that now. Yeah.
1: I, oh my God. Yeah. I think of like getting like a bloody nose. Like, all I think is like how, like, people probably break facial features like hitting the water that hard.
2: How do oh, they not? I, I got, con- I got a lot of concussions as a kid. I was like a daredevil. I got so many random concussions from like trying to be an evil, Knievel type of kid. So I think that's part of the reason why now I'm like, I don't want to get hurt. Do you get them looked into? Like, did you in the past rather? No. And and I have a terrible memory, like really bad. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And so actually now I kind of want to go get like a brain scan.
1: Girl, fucking same. <laughs> we should do like a twofer and we okay. do like, we should compare we brain, scans. brain scan for the podcast yes. because so I sad. literally want to get my brain scan for all of my concussions that I had, like in my teen years and as a kid that like, I didn't, admit like I didn't tell an adult like oh no like, getting kicked in the head at a concert like I could never go home and tell my mom that like I got kicked in the head at a bad religion show that would not have gone over well okay, like I hit my head so many fucking times and so I which everyone listening to
2: this podcast is like no shit like <laughs> yeah this is your this is your uh your mental illness 50 questions coming back to you you want to get that brain scan and get told like this is why you are the way you are
1: and oh, I would. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I want that. But I also want to do whatever Ariana Grande did with her PTSD because my, right? my bad, So
2: interesting.
1: My PTSD is bad, boy, and so it's like oh. it's like it's a better now than it was like four months ago. But I was like, oh my god, I was having like flashbacks. Like it was like oh, rough. No, it's it's like okay. Like I actually was like, oh, that's like a good thing to like talk about. Cause like, just like acknowledging that that happens. Cause like when you get caught in those cycles, like I literally am like Googling, like how to like undo a (laughs) flashback. But the answer is, is to just like feel your senses, like notice five things around you, like all those grounding moments. But um, it all comes back to Buddhism, man. Sister, um, I'm excited for you for moving in. That's really exciting. And I I'm excited for your future, girl. Like, I feel like we've, you know, I've known you from afar online for such a long time. It's like so
2: exciting when someone like, you know, what? goes to their next level. Thank you. What year did you start, please advise? I was trying to think about when I started listening to your pod. 2012? Um, good question.
1: Um, maybe like 20.
2: It's a long fucking time. Hold on. I was working at my very first tech job when I started listening. Is that how we found each other? Because I don't think yeah. so. Oh, I thought I started listening to Please Advise, but I don't know how I started listening to Please Advise. Um, when I was public on Twitter, I was friends with a lot of writers and like comedians and stand-ups and stuff, so I bet that you were just in the mix. And then you you got me I, into podcasts, though. I never listen to podcasts. Please Advise is my very first one I ever listened to. You know, babe, like, that means a lot them. to me. That's true. I really appreciate that. You know, um, we
1: are probably going to be putting up some of the earlier episodes, I think, behind um, uh, the paywall because we are nice merging ones. all of the, um, original. I'm looking back. I'm seeing how far we go. I mean, well, your
2: Dropbox file must be huge. You have a lot of apps so please advise on the can
1: 2014. Yeah. Over 200 14. or no, almost 200. God. You know, that's also the other thing is that look, thinking back on how long we've been doing this show that we've only done 200 episodes, but I also feel like I've been doing it so long is like crazy. Like, how is this how does it happen? And also at the know. same time I'm so lucky that all these people have called in and, you know, left all these amazing voice notes. 323-450-7408. Three, three, we do have episodes in the can, just so you guys know, when um when you're hearing this, this is gonna be, you know, pre-Christina coming back. But then when we um, you know, once she's back, I think she's going to get those other episodes edited up. So, um, if you're desperately waiting for our advice, i we let you down, but if you <laughs> just want to hear this podcast, then all right, then there you um, go. There you go. So, um, I think we should get, yeah, we should get brain scans. And then now speaking of brain scans, um, geniuses, Britney Spears, um, we both love Britney Spears so much. Yes. You eternally. probably I have a tattoo for sure. <laughs> you love Britney much more than me. Um, and I that's actually like another reason like why I like have I feel like as long as I've had the internet, I've known you. Like do we know each other on fucking
2: Tumblr? No, I never had a Tumblr. Um, anyway, so Twitter. I've been on Twitter since 2009. So I think that we just met early early on, on Twitter. 2006
1: baby. Yeah. Wow, you're an early the adopter December 26 2006 uh, best day of my life um, so <laughs> although i i have all of my tweets super deleted now like do you do that
2: no i'm private oh you're so. private yeah to, like i've i was getting popular like I bet if i have a feeling if i didn't delete Cause I used to like go and delete my bot follows cause, like a weirdo. So I could have a true number. Like I spent a lot of time being a weirdo on Twitter, but then I think that if I wouldn't have deleted those and kept being public, I probably would like be kind of popular now cause I'm funny. But I at one point got harassed really bad and was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go private. And now Twitter's like my little safe space online where I follow like 300 people. I have like 250 followers. We've all known each other through other mutuals and like, I don't know. I, lo- I You're love You're one of the internet's most known to me. Like you know, so nice and off base. That is not even true. But I, I know, love you so much. I just maybe we're that. so
1: like that's my <laughs> echo chamber. Like it's I mean, like I feel like I'm probably a part of someone's echo chamber in that same way. But like I know your name on every oh, and you keep true nice. to your name too. Like I wish that I had a private twitter account where i just like fucking went buck wild but i literally don't have anything to say like i'm I'm, I'm, I'm i don't either
2: last week i tweeted should i quit coffee so that's the content you're missing over here
1: yeah um (laughs) but you are really funny and it's a specific like you have your own she's not generic funny okay she brings a unique no i'm niche to her uh, curation. Okay, so free Britney. Um, we Amen. are not going to have apparently any sort of verdict on what's up with the
2: conservatorship, like no, anytime not until soon. January now, twenty twenty. Her dad, what they what they figured out at this hearing and the one right before that is that they're going to put this new bitch Jody Montgomery in charge of her person and her dad is still in charge of her money, even though he has a restraining order out on him for abusing his grandchild, which they're not going to press charges on, but that didn't take the restraining order off. Right. Um, So now they're going to re-evaluate both of those conservatorships because there's two sides of it in January. Can I break down a uh, conspiracy
1: theory for you? Please. I think that they know that the number one thing that they can use against Britney always is her children. Absolutely. And I don't know if it was any sort of like co-conspiratorial action or not, but I do think that this is probably Kevin's last chance to get as much as he can from Britney's estate. And this is like, you know, this would be the move for him if her conservatorship is like lifted, then she'd be able to have them a lot more, I'm guessing. And that would probably like decrease his child support payment. But I think that it also, um, you know, he could really make a case here for needing more money because he's taking them on. And like, obviously, like, you know, he has other things to argue. Like, I don't know, my kids are fucking traumatized from Jamie Spears. So I don't know if... I think that there's also a chance that Jamie intentionally went after the child so he could sort of, That I feel like when, like for it to involve the kids, I think at this point, it seems like a power play to me because I think that what they're trying to do right now, all they're trying to do is to get her to buckle, to get her to just like sign over the next 10 years of her life.
2: Well, I feel like from what I've read from th- reading through the storm, Lynn's book, and just through like <laughs> different—I don't know if you've read the book, but it's no, very- I have read through the storm.
1: I just it, like love the, the- from my reference point. No, um, it's it's a good reference
2: point. He sounds like a dick. Like they, the whole reason she was in that play in New York when she was a kid, and to, was to get away from Jamie, like being a fucking yeah. asshole and like abusing everyone. So like the fact that like okay, I think Britney's inner child is like seven or eight and just like wants to be a good girl so she doesn't get yelled at that's like what I think is happening with Brittany and so like to have her dad still have so much control over her I actually also think they set her up for that second 5150 in order to even get her under this conservatorship and the more research I like get into of other conspiracy theories of like the stands who like have dug into the court documents and spent like hours like looking like at all the past footage from like 2007-2008 and like how it transpired or like Oh um I think we're thinking of of the same name which is Lou M Taylor her Robin the fucking uh the lawyer and then the judge and her lawyer now have like the there was like a a judge that is no longer on the case anymore but like he's had a history of Weird conservatorship stuff and like like the more people look into the tangential people who actually pull the strings that aren't Larry Rudolph, um, because that's all everyone ever thinks of is just Larry, but like there's a whole team, baby, and like they are all working overtime. Like the devil works hard, but like Britney Spears team works harder. They saw her spending 100%. her money. I think they actually... money, wanting to cancel her tour to like fuck K Fed in Europe because she wanted to, she wanted to like eat French fries and like have a nice time. And they were like, No, you need to make money this is a machine. And like, there is no money without her. Like even on Instagram yesterday or the other day, she said she hasn't had a vacation really like an extended vacation since she was eight years old. That's insane. Like, go, I know, I go to Hawaii for more than three days, like go for like three weeks if you want. Like it's, that's they, exactly
1: right. Uh, because it does seem by and I do think that Brittany, you know, sort of addressed this, that like she thinks that the press sort of like has a sort of hold over her image. And it's true. She actually does look like she gets out of the house on vacations. Like that seems yeah, to Hawaii's be her happy place that, that's always covered. And it, but it's always like a two day trip that she gets with like her kids or something like just like a couple days here, or a couple days there. So like yeah. when she really said she needed a vacation, I was like, oh, honey, I think you need something more than a vacation. I think you need like your personal freedom to, to like really think about the fact that no, actually it's just for some reason looks as though she gets a lot of vacations. Yeah, kind she of, needs
2: to be able to like yeah. drive her car by herself without a chaperone or like get engaged to her boyfriend if she wants to, or like a- anything that a normal adult would do, she is a lot of things she's not allowed to do under the conservatorship she's treated like a eight-year-old child she's like perpetually back in this space of like mickey mouse club rights basically I'm it's trying insane. to
1: look up like sort of that little like list of things that they had um during the day of free britney um at her courthouse the free britney protest um mm-hmm. i Wanted to find that list because for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, I think that it's important that you get sort of caught up um, because we are, I'm going to kind of go a little deep on some of this. Um, let me look this up. I also
2: think that the tablets, they misspeak a lot when they say custody because under the conservatorship, she hasn't had actual legal custody of her children since 2008. She has visitation and she's only right. to have visitation with also a chaperone. She's not even allowed to be like alone with her kids, which is insane. And so
1: that's 50- it, that's the thing that I kind of was thinking with the Kevin of it all, which yeah. is like she like if Jamie is her dad and and her boss basically, like the one who's in charge of her, mm-hmm. and he can't be around the kids, then how is she
2: being around the kids? Like, I think that there's now now Jody Montgomery is going to have to do it or somebody that Jody appoints. That's legally what's going on with that. I mean, that's that's
1: what happened. But I think that almost in a way, like I have to question if they tried to do something to jeopardize her like chances of being with her children.
2: I think they do that all the time. I think they set her up to fail all the time. They set her up to fail because she is so sheltered they can feed her whatever propaganda they want you know like I don't think she's allowed to like have the internet at free will and just like google shit and like I, I mean she could be and I could be projecting and I could just be me being like a weirdo like looking too deep into this like stranger that like doesn't know me but I think they and I also watch a lot of lifetime movies so I can see how like abusers will tell you what they want your storyline to be and like how they want you to think. And like, she even said in her Instagram video the other day, she likes freedom and she's really insecure. And like, like it's easy to, it's it's easy when somebody has an abusive parent like that to put them back in that mind space and make them feel like they need to like do what they are told or they're going to get yelled at and like get in trouble or they're going to take away your kids or it's, it's really a shame that she... my other thing is that, you know, I don't agree with the whole conservatorship in general because people are allowed to spend all their money and go bankrupt all the time happens all the time. Let Britney right. fucking do what she wants to do. Like, relax. Like I, it's just so inappropriate, especially while, after watching the guardianship Um documentary on Amazon about, uh, the guardianships for profit. It's just so fucked up that you're allowed to do that. And the fact that her new conservator person, Jody Montgomery has a business with her ex-husband of only conserving people is super fucking weird. I just don't, I, it's just shady. It's crazy is that back then there were no, because of Britney? now there are laws about paparazzi behavior. And there were no laws back then because she was, like, the test case. She's, like, the... You know when there's, like, a Lifetime movie about a law that made and then about, like, the incident that, like, changed the law, like the Amber Alert movie and stuff like that? That's, like, what happened to Britney is that she was so surrounded and hounded by paparazzi that yeah, I they had to the make people, a new law about it. It's I like don't think people intense. realize, like, that is from her. Like, mm-hmm. people the pictures back then where she was completely surrounded. Like when she ran over that paparazzi's foot, like get the fuck out of my way. Of course I'm going to run over your foot. Like you're going to stand in front of my car. What do you want? Stupid. Like I just, I get so mad.
1: Yeah. Mina three had this like sort of explainer about everything that's going on with the conservatorship and why people are fucked up about it. If you want to hear like, the more full length version of it in long detail from like two people that really give a shit. Obviously Britney's Graham is the podcast listened listen to right now. And I would go back to the first episode where they had the voicemail. Um, I'm sure it's called literally like the voicemail or something. Um, it's the
2: biggest episode. Um, like it's about free this Brittany, home. actually free, free Britney, Britney. That episodes called free Britney. There's also another podcast that's doing great work, um, called eat, uh, eat, pray Britney that they have a great timeline on Twitter that goes over the tabloid, um, coverage in real time and like tries to just see like who the sources are for each. And, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And the contradictions between one the article and then the next week's Teamsy article, it's pretty interesting.
1: So. Will you please like link me to all these yes, things after we, I, I need, I, I'm a truth seeker. Okay.
2: They like so, went over, they like go over like, um, Lynn's book, too. They did a whole episode on KFED. They did an episode on Justin Timberlake. It was, it was, they're interesting girls and they're like true stands. Like, you know how you say, like, in 2006 to 2008, you were just like on a computer looking at tabloid stuff for your job and stuff. Like, they, yeah, were, they
1: for were definitely, quote unquote, for my job yes, and stuff. Yeah. They, they
2: were definitely doing that, too. And so they, they're not like, I feel like some of the young Britney stans like just don't know because they weren't there. Like no offense because I'm old, but like they, they were there and they like get it.
1: To come of age in that time. Like, I feel like I have a show or something about that in me about like what it was like to sort of like come to LA in the peak of Kitson. Like, oh
2: yeah. Then like the Hills territory. I, that's yeah. like, that's insane. Like I, I feel like my life would have taken a really different
1: turn if I had graduated two years earlier or later. Yes. Um, but okay. So let's go through this sort of like bullet point list made by meaner three about, um, Britney's conservatorship and why we're upset about it so it says Britney was forced by Jamie Spears into a facility Jamie Spears uses Britney's children as pawns when she tries to fight the conservatorship Britney Spears was denied the right to hire her own attorney she was forced to keep an attorney appointed by the court Samuel Ingham the attorney appointed by the court to Britney Spears is accused of conspiring to kill Casey Kasem another famous conservative yeah Uh, He was appointed for, but I think he also was a conservative, just throwing it out there. Loved Casey Kasem, the best, long-distance dedication. Um, Jamie Spears said that the conservatorship was something planned. Jamie Spears feliciously claimed that Britney Spears had dementia in order to be granted the temporary conservatorship once granted the dementia claim disappeared from the petition.
2: Yes. Okay, that's big. That's the only reason we think it was even granted. Smoking gun, like everything. Jamie Spears asked the
1: judge not to notice Brittany of the hearing to appoint him as her conservator because she was not aware of his plan and he was doing it behind her back. Brittany Spears was not noticed of the hearing and couldn't hire her own lawyer due to a violation of the law and her rights. She was never never able to fight the conservatorship. Mm Mm-hmm. Jamie Spears confessed in court on June 2019 that his relation with Britney Spears has, quote, always been strained. Prior to be appointed by the court as Britney Spears' conservator, Britney had accused her father of being violent, drunken, and abusive, and she had permanently banned him from her home. Jamie Spears was accused of abuse on Britney Spears' son in August 2019. His father, Kevin Federline, filed a police report and three years restraining order against Jamie. Jamie has dissolved most of Britney's companies and created new ones where he is the president and runs at least 18 companies.
2: And then this is the And step- that's insane. When you look at the list of all the companies created in Britney's name that- they're all just like Lynn and Jamie incorporated, Jamie Lynn incorporated. And like, they don't make any money. And then they claim she's only worth 56 million, but they have all these little businesses. They're like probably hiding money in like, Oh, it's, it's just like fishy. It's really fishy. So here's some, uh, these are the ones that are
1: really heavy. so the first one's sort of just like, if you didn't know, I knew all that, whatever we all knew. But this is the real shit, in case you didn't hear. Jamie Spears, acting as Britney Spears' conservator and manager, was sued along with Lou M. Taylor by Brandsense Partners for a breach of contract, fraud, and deceit. Uh Jamie Spears hired Lou M. Taylor as Britney Spears' business manager. Lou M. Taylor used to stalk Britney Spears and tell her that she was possessed by a gay demon and that she needed to come and kill it. Lou M. Taylor is an active member of the homophobic cult Mercy Ministries. Mm -hmm. The last money of the Britney Spears Foundation were donated to Mercy Ministries by Britney's conservator. Yep, $15,000. I can't can't make up the fact that there's a man named Andrew Wallet involved in all of this, but Andrew (laughs) Wallet, uh, who was appointed as co-conservator of Britney Spears' estate, asked the court to see if Britney's uh, conservatorship to see it as a hybrid business. Andrew Wallet officially resigned in March 2019 after an agreement found in February 2019 for which he was paid $100,000. Since Andrew Wallet's resignation, Lou M. Taylor's company is the one that shall prepare the accounting of Britney's estate. A few report in the last accounting filed to the court appear to be false. The most noticeable one is that her claim of $83,000 on tax property is paid when it is still, in fact, unpaid. Jamie Spears and Luem Taylor sued two fans since the Free Britney movement started. Uh, The judge asked for an investigation of the conservatorship and Jamie Spears after an hearing on May 10th, 2019, where Britney Spears confirmed that she was sent to the facility against her will, reports due for September 18th, 2019 hearing. On September 6th, Jamie files a petition to step down from the conservatorship of the person due to personal health reasons, but still wants to keep the conservatorship of the state. He asks the court to temporarily appoint Jody Montgomery, who was already named to the conservatorship. So like, this is the Lou M. Taylor thing. First of all, when I was going through this today, it reminded me so much of fucking Natalie and Caroline. Like I was having a little Natalie Caroline moment.
2: (laughs) Why? not really who's who's natalie who's caroline between jamie and lou no between (laughs) no between britney
1: and um between britney and lou like lou basically was a fan that like sent her mail relentlessly and um started to get really creepy and then once she realized that she wasn't going to get in with britney she decided to court jamie and she's like you know She's like a put-together woman in her 40s who was
2: willing to deal with an alcoholic. And uh, and and at the time, also, Jamie Lynn was still a star and was trying to get on that, too. And they're really close because um, I look at all their Instagrams. And, you know, Britney's family is also really Christian. So if, you know, not, not to say that Britney's homophobic, I don't think she is, but maybe her family is. Like, we don't know. And so maybe they support that. And you know what that is? Besides the actual Britney stuff, for me personally... It's a piece of me like 10 fucking times and I bought a meet and greet. I have given Britney Spears so much of my money that to know that like 15% or whatever of it is going towards this conversion camp fascist bullshit really upsets me on a personal level. I completely agree with you. I
1: think that like that was hidden. I don't think most people know that. And I think probably most people did not know that until they heard it on this episode. Not that most people are listening to this, but people listening to this did not know that. It
2: also bums me out that the Britney Spears Federation is no longer around because she had like a performing arts camp for kids and on all the the press that like she like had when she went, she looked so happy just to like be around the kids and hang out. my cousin... My cousin was at that. What on cellist? That's so cool. She
1: was on Britney Spears' diary because my cousin went to Britney Spears' performing arts camp. Wow. By the way, like, um, I guess you didn't have to be a child in that much need. Like, I didn't realize that my cousin was a child in need until... I because like it was always portrayed to me sort of as like, oh, you're like your family's really on their last leg. Did she Um, get a scholarship? You could probably also I bet No, she got a scholarship. scholarship. You could also pay to go. Oh, interesting. But I think probably because like her mom was a teacher and her dad worked for the city and like they probably didn't have a ton of fucking money. But like, yeah, my cousin went to Britney Spears camp and she she's in the diary episode. My cousin Liz. She's gonna watch it. That's great. Um, but no, I agree. And I think that was also like a very chic thing at the time, like to sort of have these celebrity retreat things. Yeah, I know Michael- had one too, Camp Mariah. Yeah, Michael Jackson did one, which is like, I think maybe. It's and then Oprah
2: also, I know it is dark. <laughs> it's dark. So Lou Taylor also, from what I understand, tried to get Amanda Bynes into a conservatorship and Courtney Love into a conservatorship at one point, And they all like, like their parents actually like resisted it and said no, um, but then also did you know that Courtney Love at one point in print char- uh, accused Jamie Spears of molesting Britney? Have you ever seen that? It was like in TMZ, like in Wait, 2010. Who claimed that? Lynn did? Courtney Love claimed, claimed that uh, that okay. Jamie Spears molested Britney
1: where does Courtney Love get her information that is so interesting? I have no idea. But Lou
2: Taylor tried to conserve Courtney Love also. That's why there's a connection. I'm not sure how they're actually connected, but... I'm not surprised by any of this. Like, I did...
1: I've... There's a lot of connections that I think, like obviously by the way all of this is like our opinions oh allegedly of this, yes it's all alleged it's all you know this is a a podcast we're just you know i guess you could say for entertainment purposes only i think is fair but oh, yeah. these are all things that we also feel passionately about and are things that we're pulling from from the internet as well as just along term fandom um so maybe that sort of if if we have an extra little bit of bite or passion here it's not because these are all necessarily facts it's just we're frustrated after seeing our queen be held down for so long
2: and also sitting in my closet full of britney spears posters right now
1: like (laughs) i love you too for like reporting in a closet i appreciate that i learned it from troy i know my troy troy he just did um the lifetime podcast with me we did straight a's to triple x Yes! Oh my god, that movie is great. It is so good. I even forgot to mention on the podcast that one of my favorite things about the movie is that she doesn't wear lenses in her glasses, like because can't, <laughs> they just didn't want to deal with the glare. So, like most of the scenes with her glasses, she doesn't have lenses in them. That's such a funny observation. I've never thought of. I mean, it's a funny observation, but like, it's an insane answer to a problem. Like, to just like take the lenses out of an actress's glasses. Um, it was a really good movie. We I didn't notice
2: that at all. I'm gonna rewatch it. Let's
1: so. Roy and I have a love of like porn stars. We just like born like we're it's, like we're born in that same like womb of just like fucking. We love the same bullshit and like also like fun porn stars. And my takeaway from that movie was like. You know, like, porn stars are so, like, lovely. Like, so the most underrated people in our society. Like, I've yeah. never met a girl, like, in a situation like that who isn't so sweet. Every cam girl I know, yeah. every, they're the nicest
2: fucking people. Sex workers are the nicest people because they have to deal with so much. They have a lot of empathy. That's like, what they do is connect with people. So you have to be an empathetic person in order to do that. Like, even a dominatrix is still, like at least analyzing what you want and what you need the best and like giving you that. Like, I don't know. I think they are underrated. Do you think that like it's fucked up to hire a sex worker just
1: to be sort of like a shaman to you when you go through a mushroom trip?
2: Not if you're, they're getting paid. No, not Yeah, right. I mean, like, I feel like that's like a good, like,
1: you know, you pay like a, an escort, a good fee, give a tip, obviously, but that's like a, a like a cheaper version of a shaman. Hello. I'm, I'm trying funny to stimulate idea. the fucking community, guys. Yeah, you should absolutely pitch that. Excuse me. Maybe it's Sammy so funny out another business idea just peels off my brain. Um, okay, so... I will say you brought up Amanda. I We weren't going to talk about this, but I want to mention a call from a while back. Do you remember Billy, a guy who called about having an extra iPhone? He lived in Florida and Amanda Bynes on her her Twitter. That's not her main Twitter, but the secret Twitter that everyone knows about. Um, that thankfully I haven't been kicked off of yet. She always is asking for an iPhone, and it wow. was ki- it was kind of verified that it actually was going to be getting to her. Um, and now this account that like posts selfies of her that aren't released anywhere else, like it's definitely fucking her for sure. This is where she like shit posts basically. Um, she is now lately been asking for Ubers a lot, and she. Needs money for Uber. That's her thing. It's always $64 too. So I'm sort of like, girl, like... Where is she going? Like, I just think that means she's riding in like an XL. Like,
2: I think that now that I think about it, of course, Amanda Bynes doesn't ride in Uber X. Like what dominatrixes do on Twitter. They like get their nails done and then they post a receipt and they go like, reimburse me, pay pig <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, no, I fucking, I love that.
2: <laughs> it's so funny. Should I start doing that? The fuck? Um, You know what? Clothes mouths don't get fed. So you can always ask. Worst they can, worst they can do is say no. That's my whole theory in life. If you don't ask, you're never going to get it. And I if like, they say no, well, like you weren't getting it now in the first place. So might as well you
1: know what every I'm saying? Like, I, no, every time I talk to you, I'm just like, every time I talk to you, um, it's what I needed to hear. Like <laughs> from the last time, when you told me that you can bring an advocate to a doctor to literally right now, <laughs> just you being like, yeah, close knots don't get fat." I'm like, you're exactly fucking right, bitch. You are so right. Um, and it's weird cause like you do feel strange in life about putting your hand out, so to speak but that sort of brings up the Caroline Calloway of it all for me, where I'm sort of like, I don't give a like I don't give a fuck if she sells bad art that no, she rips she up. People like, are buying it. Yeah, like why? Get your money where you can. Like if that revenue stream will not last forever for her, but she would be a fool to
2: not completely capitalize on that. And are just so ugly. Like she oh, can't they're s- match or pattern match. Like the Matisse is cool because she didn't design it. So obviously that's a nice image that we all like and it's well recognized. But like her putting flowers next to squigglies and the colors and it's just like, some of them are just so hard to look at. Some of the very
1: last cherry blossoms some ones there was oh, those like are pretty two. I thought those were cute but I can't spend I'm like I can't like I'm starting like guys we're starting a podcast network I think like everyone sort of knows that but they might not know that um so like I'm starting a business like I'm fucking like I have a mortgage like I'm not gonna buy a Caroline Calloway cut out But like there was the first series, the first thing that was good. I didn't mind like the, I didn't like the celestial paper when that came in. I was sort of out really early on. I I actually like the paper,
2: but what I don't like is that her being like, oh, the stars and her eyes and, and I'm crying at the moon and her crescent and it's like, calm down, like she's she's at best a crafter the fact that she goes on and on about how she's an artist and an art historian and a teacher she's like my mom's hippie friend that's like I was like oh what are you doing these days she's like I'm a mystic and a healer and it's like shut up like well she's
1: definitely like doing the most to point out the details and be like she'll be like I kind of love the way that like those like constellations are lined
2: up or whatever and Like so, it was like the other day. Like I ripped this paper, but it like was intentional. So, and I think that's (laughs) the reason why. Like.
1: I kind of like respect it because like she's being completely transparent about how much effort she actually puts into this. Like, I think she's just
2: like, this is the thing that- Kind of. It actually, she was lying. She was lying at one point. She gets caught and lies all the time, That I don't think many people- But what I don't think people understand is
1: like for her, that truly is her threshold. What she's doing is what so many other Instagram influencers do. The problem is, is that she tells too much. Like this internal struggle that she's dealing this with is like keeping up with the Joneses, but like not like being the Joneses, but like on no budget, like this whole thing she's doing, that is done by Instagram influencers every day. The main thing about them that's different is that they don't fucking tell everyone. Like they don't bring the people into that level of their lives. And I think that this is where she's sort of going wrong as she's showing like the dis, like the desperate aspect of you that comes out when you're in the hustle. Or like, you know, she just and and I like am a person who tends to be a little bit too transparent. It takes a lot to make me blush. Like it really, like, I think her I think if she Just had some aspect of her that was a little bit more controlled. She would not be far off from some of the, like, you know, Instagram famous, like, vegans or, like, you know, I don't know, jewelry makers that I know. Like, she's really not that far
2: off. Like, she just is too honest about it. I think jewelry is going to be her next art project. It fucking should be. I yeah. mean, dude, she like can absolutely I think she's going to go to Michaels and get some beads and then charge like $400 for a bracelet. And you says, know what? Like tree or something.
1: Honestly though, there's people that you know spend a shit ton of money to be on like some person's Patreon and like for for what? Like they get a phone call every month and like some
2: nudes like there's that's like sad shit it's really i'm like not into that even though i have a private snapchat although i've been neglecting it uh it, i i think it's sad
1: <laughs> but i mean like if people will pay for it why wouldn't you take the money as, as sure well, like i if it's if you can get away with it i don't know like i'm not making an excuse for the fact that that's her threshold i still think it's ridiculous and i just I think wish she made like, better
2: art i'm like upset as like a crafter like can i call myself an artist like yeah because I like make sure. a plage is ever like sure. is that just okay I'll tell you this
1: I will tell you that I struggled very much with calling myself like a writer before I got a job writing on a tv show and then like later I realized that was like so shameful that mm-hmm. like it was something that I had done for so long for so many years like blogging my heart out all the time and like just I don't know like doing like freelance pieces and like right just like I would vlog and I would blog every day and like make videos every day. And for some reason, I never felt comfortable calling myself a writer because it wasn't legitimized. But what Caroline's doing is like, she's just she's just in a place where she's already come to terms with the fact that like you don't have to be an expert at something to call yourself by it.
2: You know, like you don't have to have like... Do you have to like create an original design though? Or can you just like rip off people's designs and then call it your own. You know, like, listen, I don't fuck again. I don't like, I don't agree with this person.
1: I also think that like, in a in a way that there's a lot of people who are probably doing the exact same thing. They're just doing it on Etsy or doing it much more privately. I'm not saying it makes it okay. I'm just saying she's doing literally what so many other people do. She just shows her ass at every turn and I agree. She's inseparable. Well, like this is how. Like this is how. This is Caroline Calloway brain. Like this is like my brain on Caroline Calloway. Like we are both. We both need to talk to Jesus. Like honestly, we need to see Jesus, Jenna. Because I don't. I we are supposed to be talking about fucking Brittany Carter and Amanda Bynes right now. <laughs> but, That's true. But um, did I say Britney Carter? Yeah, I'm here for that though. <laughs> I mean, honestly, in a different world. Um, But yeah, Amanda Bynes, I was going to say, I've been thinking about trying to like send her an Uber. And I just want to say shouts out to Billy. She does not need your Uber money. That's what I said to Billy back when he or this (laughs) caller called and said, like, I want to send Amanda Bynes an iPhone. And I was like celebrities do not need your money. Like there are people in the world that need your fucking money. Like there's valuable causes like every single day. There's people that like actively just like families that need money for emergencies that pop up in America every day. And I feel compelled to give Amanda Bynes, like, I t- I was going to tell her it's like I was thinking about what I would DM her if I were to DM her and I was going to maybe say like I won't send you cash but I will call an Uber for you to go to where you're going what's the difference so you the know the difference is that I want to know that it's going to a fucking Uber
2: Huh?
1: like that's the that's 100% the difference like if it's she always says she needs $64, which to me means that like her drug dealer needs $60 and like the four is for like the ATM fee. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like that's where my mind starts to go to where I'm like, why is it always $64? Like we got to get like, you're better off having someone sort of on call at that point. Like that can boogie over from USC or wherever the fuck they are. But, um, anyway, we stand Amanda Bynes guys. Don't celebrities don't need your money. Okay. I'm back. I had to get up to pee really quick. Um, I drink water now and good for you. Yeah, we're doing well. Um, I realized that I was water bombing myself for a long time. Guys, a little free advice. Um, you have to drink your water slowly throughout the day or it's not as effective.
2: Do you drink room temp or cold? Room temp, typically. It's easier on your system.
1: Yeah. And um I was just like sometimes I'd just like be like, oh, I didn't drink water today. And I would slam like a whole fucking smart water. Oh. And float your kidneys. That's what I found out. Like (laughs) it's like not as I'm like, oh, I'm oh man, I'm drinking more water than anyone today. And like (laughs) all you have to do is just pee so bad. Um, yeah. and I don't remember peeing that much when I was a kid. I remember in my twenties, I started to have to pee a lot, but I mean, now I just sort of feel like this is what I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's how I felt doing a juice cleanse. Yeah. Like when I'm traveling, I don't have to pee that much. Cause I think my body's just like shut it off, but like, I don't have to pee when I'm uh, like Disneyland. I didn't really have to pee. like just sort of like, you're
2: not drinking water.
1: No, I am drinking water, but like, um, or maybe, maybe I'm drinking like liquids. Like maybe I'm drinking like, I don't know. No, I have to pee all the time. Like at Disneyland, I was, I was drinking, like I drank a diet Coke at one point, not proud of it. Um, and I had like wine later in the afternoon, but the whole day I didn't really have to pee. I did, was drinking water though. Hmm. Um, anyway, moving forward, we don't, <laughs> we do know now though, I talked to Sean Bartholomew. He told me I was water bombing myself. Um, and that's not as effective.
2: Interesting.
1: Okay. So let's get into Aaron Carter. Okay. So Great. things have been going with my crazy with my boy AC. Um, my boy AC is going through a hard time. I don't know if you guys know about like how I'm like weirdly into Aaron Carter. It's similar to Jody Sweeten where I was like looking for information on him surrounding like House of Carters because I wanted to cover it for a podcast I was doing. It was a reality show on E! about the Carter family. Um, And uh, Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Carter was in Backstreet Boys, love Backstreet Boys. Aaron Carter like was out of my
2: demo, but like, I always knew of him, but he was sort of like laughable to me, obviously. Like I was the only right? song I know from him is how I beat Shaq. And I just picture him getting picked up by Shaq and like touching the rim. And I see him as a 15 year old still. Yeah, totally. Um, but he's so much not like that's the no. thing. So
1: not like, even when he was 15, he wasn't 15. Like this boy has lived a life.
2: And um, I, I, for I learned a lot about him today, listening to some other podcasts he was on I, that I didn't know at all.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say though that, so I got into him when I watched a show called Life or Debt, which was on Spike <laughs> TV. And it was an episode about Aaron <laughs> Carter. And I found it like when I was like trying to find like clips of Aaron and other situations. And it was a show that sort of like set up the situation that he had been in and um, you know, where his finances had gone and like you found out about all like, you know, his parents like basically draining his money when he, before he was 18, he like, turned 18 and was in debt already, his Coogan accounts were like blown or whatever. And all of his oh. royalties were snatched from all these other different things. Basically the kid is like had a really rough go of it. And, um, for like years now, he has looked very, very slender in a way that sort of like is typically associated with drug use. And, um, it was like long rumored that he was on meth or like, you know, all these other things. And, you know, his, his, he's has that sort of like energetic personality. I don't know how else to describe it without sort of like diagnosing him, but like w- he, despite yeah. the state that he's in now, like, which I do think is like very, like, he seems very up right now. Um, yes. But even when he was a kid, he was always like on a little bit and like a little bit sort of try hard. And so, um yeah, I, he always had, I don't know. I, he, Basically, we found out over the last couple of weeks that he was on the show The Doctors first. And um he's been hanging out with our girl Trisha Paytas ever since her breakup. Um he so we like he was back in the Zeitgeist a little bit, and then he went on the doctors, which is that talk show during the day with like Dr. Oz, and they got him to say that he had been huffing computer cleaner for years. I know he was walking on sunshine. I like I was really shocked by that. You know, I'm like kind of humorless about that for some reason. I know everyone loves that episode, but like for me it's so sad, yeah, it's so sad. Like the memes bother me cuz I'm like, dude, like that's like a dark addiction. Like it's one of those things that not a lot of people can relate to. Like you can't walk into an average meeting and find another person that's been like Ripping cans of computer cleaner for years, I assume.
2: Oh, it's um, really? It's really sad. I don't like that one either because it's also like anyone can go to Best Buy or whatever and get some computer cleaner. Like
1: exactly. That's I like part of the whole thing. Like Aaron would have like in life or debt, he had like sixty thousand dollars in undeclared expenses and cash that year. Damn. And like looking back and thinking that it was fucking computer cleaner because like he. Uh, from what I understand, so gross. was never really into a lot of the other stuff except for
2: benzos. But well, because so, he said he said in a recent podcast that I listened to that he is that Nick would make him drink when he was like a kid, and so he like oh, wasn't drinking later because I think he like didn't like it as a kid.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into all that. Right. So he admits on the doctors that he has this you know um addiction. He's now s- supposedly on just like sort of Seraqil and like whatever it is he takes um, like some sort of mood stabilizer. He said, that's what he said on, I think like no jumper or impulsive. We, I made, uh, Jenna watch two podcasts today that I watch uh, oddly enough, both Logan Paul and no jumper, which are like both like shows that I would not normally endorse. Like it happened to have, uh, my boy AC on them the same day. And he was in quite the state, but, um, Yeah. So he went on the doctors, got his mom in rehab. And then I guess he started to connect with a woman who had filed a report about Nick raping her in, I believe like 2007 or something. And she had let the charges go. And, um, he was, I guess, FaceTiming with her or like Instagram storying with her live. Right. Mm -hmm. And that sounded so old, but you know what I mean? Like when you can do like the split screen on live. So, um, I guess like a week and a half after that, Nick files a restraining order against him saying that he is afraid that Aaron is going to come and kill his wife and him and his sister. And the wife is pregnant. And Aaron insists that there has been no like conversation that has sort of like and like made this happen. He says that they really aren't in touch and he did share a lot of screenshots that sort of made it seem like there is not a lot of contact between them. Um and if it is, it's very like surface level. Um but who knows? That's one side of the story, but on the other end it seems like fucking insane that that would be the case. It just seems like that's like why all why now after all of this, you know? I don't really know. Maybe it has I don't know. But I believe I believe to an extent that like this was an extreme measure. I know that he also um was he got inherited like some of his dad's old guns and was sort of going on Instagram live buying more guns. He definitely is going into a little bit of like a he was trying to say that he's affiliated yesterday when he was on no jumper, which by the way, when we're recording this, it's September 29th. So that's just like a, a warning for everything that's out of date today. But, um, he was saying that maybe he was affiliated with a gang and then, um, he came out on Twitter saying, um, in like a, uh, I don't want to call it a rant, but like it was a, it was a Twitter spree that lasted, I don't know, like sort of 18 hours total with maybe an hour off here or there, um, of him sort of talking about how, um, you know, Nick had never been there for him. He kept went on and on about how at the kids choice awards, Nick, um, pied him and Aaron didn't know that it was going to happen and that he hit him so hard that he broke his nose. And he kept bringing up that gif over and over again of Nick smashing him in the face with a pie. But then he revealed, and like, this is really dark stuff. So if this is just, if you are, if you have any sort of sensitivity to darkness, like this is maybe something you want to not listen to. Um he said that his sister Leslie was bipolar 1 or bipolar he just said bipolar and when she would go off of her lithium um she would have these episodes where she like raped him basically from ages 10 to 13 um and yeah that was fucked up there was something about that that made so much sense to me about his twin sister no his twins leslie's the one who passed away and she's older than him
2: yeah she was the middle sister
1: yeah and she um she had a song on the shrek soundtrack um leslie we we stand like i i I, we stand leslie i have to say i only knew of her tangentially like because i enjoyed the movie shrek so i heard her song during the movie shrek but i remember being like you know, that's fucking good for them that they got three of their kids working. Like, good for them that, like, three of them are capable of making music. Like, that's that's good. He also said that she got him into Sniffing Duster. Exactly. And, like, so Leslie was the... She overdosed. Like, her overdose is also really shady. Like, they are very much like the sort of Florida version of the Kennedys where like they have like a lot of mysterious death and tragedy that's around them. Um, Like their own dad was um, died and no one knew the cause of death and they cremated him the day after he died. Like there's a lot of weirdness that's going on in this family, not to mention the mom who was like put into rehab last week. Like all of these kids are basically estranged and, like Nick didn't go to Leslie's funeral. Like it's a lot, but so per these two interviews we watched, I just wanted to set up that backstory because I, if if anyone's followed this story at all, I feel like knowing those sort of developments about him to me, they made a lot of sense. They explained why he was always so wishy-washy and could never really fully stand up for himself. It felt like the thing that now that he said it, he said it, and like there's always he's always seemed frustrated when having to answer sort of like questions about why he's like this and it was like oh my that makes so much fucking sense like this is the exact sort of thing that you could never reveal like you know that you would think like it's it's I don't know. I can't imagine having gone through something like that, and I can absolutely imagine why someone would wait until they had like no secrets left to tell to tell that secret. I it just made a lot of sense to me. But or have gone through enough therapy that they can actually talk about it. I mean, hopefully that's what I really hope that that's what happened. I hoped that it wasn't spurred from the restraining order because um, it does seem like there is a part of it that it comes from you know Nick allegedly pressing this restraining order, putting this restraining order on him because he was talking to accusers of Nick's. And Aaron is now like publicly talking about three women who were, um, they claim to be abused by Nick in some
2: ways sexually, or I think one was even physically. He was calling Nick a serial rapist verbatim on these podcasts.
1: Yeah. So let's get into it because like, and just to, that's just to sort of like brief you up on this, because what we saw from him on these two podcasts were like probably up there with, you know, in a different way than Caroline, like the worst way you sort of want to be seen on a podcast. Like it was rough. It was really
2: rough. It was like blow by blow, especially because I'm a passive viewer of the Carters. Like I was not a Backstreet Boys person. I have not been like really keeping up with their drama. And so to have him drop all of these things and then like list all these amounts of money and like just get very specific with all these really intense things was like a lot. It was a I, lot.
1: I know. I feel like he reached out to do like No Jumper and Impulsive. I got the sense that that was- yeah, he wanted
2: to clear his name, I feel like.
1: And I'm sure that like, I mean, unless he was just like a YouTube person for some reason and he watches YouTube, which for some reason I I don't, I can't imagine him doing that recreationally. Um, but maybe he does. I'm sure that like, you know, Trisha told him these are the pop in podcasts to be on. And I think that she had just sort of done them herself and you know, the thing with, you know, you're Aaron Carter, you're knocking on the doors of these people. Like they don't necessarily, they didn't ask you, you know? So like, they are a little bit like surprised. They're not going to turn down the interview. You're fucking Aaron Carter, like, and you're popping right now, like in the sense that everyone's talking about you, of course, they're going to have you on. But he had never flexed, like, money like that. Like, that had not been sort of his beat, like, in terms of his recent tone. I kind of feel like going on those podcasts, like...
2: He was in his Periscope. My sister is super into Periscope, and she sent me one being like, Aaron Carter's on Periscope. And he was definitely going off about money. He was talking about abuser stuff, too, but also about, like, how much when money he was he's making on was, real estate and jewelry and all this stuff. But when was that? Like, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean... That's but I think like- he figured out that Periscope is screaming into the void, and so he decided to go to something that people actually, like, listen to.
1: No, I know. I um, I just, um, like, he hadn't been sort of, like... I think that he had been saying that he was okay, that, like, he's not doing this stuff for money, but, like, the way that he flexed on these shows was so uncomfortable. Like, it's weird. He gave away... $70,000 worth of jewelry that day. He gave, uh, I forget who he gave what, but he, I know he gave one $20,000 and another $50,000 necklace away that day. And it almost seemed to me, honestly, and this is like sick, but I just kept thinking about like, who gives away stuff like this, except for someone who thinks they're going to die or someone who's in like an extreme manic state.
2: Yeah, I got more of a manic state, but also like, it's a way to make people like you. He probably, you know, even though he gives off this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude, which is probably a wall because he like has too much shit going on. He he probably, you know, people think those guys are so cool. He just wants them to like, like him and like, think he's cool too. Cause he was always considered like the uncool little brother of like the Backstreet Boy. And I think that really stuck with him. As he was definitely cool. like he got a face tattoo after Logan Paul told him that neck tattoos don't make you hard. Face tattoos do.
1: I well, That's exactly. Okay. So that's it. I feel like this was a tipping point for him in so some sad. way. He like, it's almost like he showed up. Like, I mean, I haven't been watching like his Instagrams lately. No, I, haven't but, either. Like, I have been following his Twitter cause it's been quite juicy. And if he like posts to something on there, I'll like click over to it. I'm a sucker for this shit right now. But, um, I, you know, I I felt like he almost saw an opportunity to like, maybe he saw a little bit of himself in them and thought maybe this could be a turn for me. Like maybe I'll go on there and I'll kill it and I'll have cred and I can be like one of those guys. Cause he, for some reason had this whole thing going on with Logan, right. When it started where he was like, no offense, like I've been doing this longer than you. Like, like he was sort of like, yeah. kind of like I don't know. He was just being like, kind of like reminding them that he was the first one there, but it was so pathetic. Like it wasn't con. I mean, it didn't come off like condescending at all. Like it just sort of was like, I can do what you do. And I think he sort of might want to, I think he sort of wants to transition to that. Maybe he'd be good at that. I think so too. But I think that not really like based off of that, like if someone sent me the pitch, I'd be like, sure. But then based off of his behavior
2: on those podcasts, it was out of control. Yeah. He seemed really manic, but maybe if he was focusing on other people, he could be a good host. I'm not sure. Here's what I will say. I think that a lot of what
1: he's saying is true. I can, you can just also see that he's like super, super insecure. And I can also, yeah. I can imagine why he would be like based off of all the other stuff that he said. And I don't think that he's like, the. as the days go by, like it's sort of undeniable that he seems to be on some sort of like upswing. Um, but, and, and now it's starting to get a little bit destructive, but I feel like that's anyone who's like sort of been there, like it, it's so hard to not feel bad for him. I agree. I do
2: feel bad for him. He lives in the shadow of his super famous brother and had a terrible childhood. And his parents stole from him. He said his mom and his dad or whoever sold his uh, records like the golden records that you put on your wall they sold his plaques yeah that's
1: fucked up he made a big deal about ordering them um recently he like reordered all of his plaques and like that's not cheap to do by the way like you don't even have to claim plaques like I think if you order them it's a lot of money it's like each one is like 500
2: bucks and it's the sentimental value of it those aren't the original ones like that's that's just so betraying as somebody who values objects and that i just i that would really piss me off well
1: that's what i i think he's trying to like build himself up again like he reordered all of them he has them up like when he was getting his face tat he was sort of showing like listen like don't forget i'm that person that sold 50 million albums you know um But the saddest part of it is that, like, he has not really performed that way since he was a child. Like, his whole childhood was taken away from him. I do think, though, that that sounded right when he said that Nick would make him binge drink. Sure. And why he has, like, he's so skinny because he has a hiatal hernia. Which he said is like the, a condition normally found in like ninety year old men, which he got because Nick would basically make him like fucking fat ass Long Island iced teas. Is from what it sounded like, just yeah, mixed but his body things. wasn't developed. He's like a child. Let's I mean, yeah, that. and 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 I think that you know like they were both trying to Adam 22 and Logan were sort of trying to like poke holes in whether or not he actually like was trying to participate in this drinking, like at 10 years old, if he like wanted to do it. And he was saying like, it doesn't matter. It's against the law. And I'm like, these are the things you need to get clear on a little bit, Aaron, like, like you, at the time you wanted to do it, but also it was against the law. Like you can't, like, he says things so, starkly that
2: like it paints a picture where it's almost all unbelievable. Like, I mean, he has a point though. Like, just because oh no, you want to 100... do something when you're 10 doesn't mean that the adults around you should let you do it.
1: It's one hundred. It's one hundred percent accurate. It's it's absolutely illegal. It's like it's it's like whatever the drinking version of statutory rape is. This kid yeah. not make the decision if he wants to himself. But the way that he phrases things and frames them now versus the way that like you know, most people have conversations about things. He does come in a little bit sounding like, you know, like, oh, my dad my dad's the president of the United States and I'm a spy and I, you know, can do jujitsu and I was actually an I'm an Italian movie star. Like he sounds like one of those people that's sort of just making shit up. And instead, like he can explain it in just a few simple sentences by saying yeah, when I was growing up, like Nick would, you know, pour me big drinks and I would think that I could, you know, have a couple of sips of it, but in real reality I was 10 years old and he was giving me like, you know, half a pint of alcohol. Like yeah. that fucked my body up. That gets that gets across the exact same sentiment as like some of the things he's saying and I understand he's in full blown like wanting to let people know about Nick, but like there's a reason why he has a legal team that he also says he has all set up and everything else. Like he goes back and forth between saying he can't talk about this and he can talk about this. And I think that there's, I, I think that he actually could have a chance to like have a good case here. If
2: he shut the fuck up. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, I that, I mean, I, I've been reading a lot of Reddit lately because I took a month off Instagram and I got into Reddit now. And um, some before I got into uh, blog snark shit, I was just reading either Am I the Asshole or Relationship Reddit. And as I far love- as Am I the Asshole goes, I feel like this is an everyone sucks here situation. Like, Like, even though Aaron can place all the blame he wants on everyone external, he still has to take some sort of self-responsibility for like not necessarily his circumstances, but the way he reacted to his circumstances. And I didn't see any of that on his interviews. It was purely like, I'm a victim of my circumstances. Everyone was against me. Look how far I've come. I make so much money now. I make so much money that I'll just give you a fucking chain. And which is why I feel like he's in a very heightened he's fronting. State because
1: two weeks earlier, he literally was like, I've been doing my work. It was like he got this opportunity to go on these shows or that momentum or like started to see the followers come in and he just turned that dark corner because no, I wouldn't say that he was communicating the way that most healthy people do on Twitter beforehand, but at least it seemed... Somewhat more like grounded in some ways. At the same time, it seemed somewhat grounded. It seemed like it was contained to him, like being at his home, sort of the way that he painted himself to be this like homebody, like good doer at home. But um yeah it 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 was like it was off the rails it was off the rails with him sort of like going on riffs and talking about all of his money and talking about all the diamonds he has at him his house I was like he's gonna get robbed I was like you're putting a fucking mark on your head and I know that like he has these security guards or whatever and we're all supposed to be very happy about that but like they don't seem particularly engaged in him and secondly we found one
2: in Best Buy that was the weirdest story I missed that part. Is that he was really, like He I, was like, Are that these that your really? friends? And Aaron was like, This is not my friend. That's my bodyguard. And I was like, First of all, fuck you. That's rude. Like, you can be a friend and a bodyguard or whatever. But like, he was like, Asked to the bodyguard, how'd you get hooked up with Aaron? He's like, Yeah, we met at Best Buy. I was working there. I was like trying to leave my job. He like told me to follow him on Instagram and he DM'd me or something. I was like, Can I
1: tell you how I viewed the whole like his, him making sure that there was a separation between him and his bodyguards? Please, because I thought that was so weird. It was so weird and so rude, but to the point where it was like exaggerated so much that I thought this has to have a purpose in his mind. And I feel like he was trying to avoid the idea that he pays to have friends around. Yes. Like, I think that he was trying to make sure that people know that he's the authority there, that he's the boss, because he doesn't want it. He doesn't want anyone to go to that natural place so many people do, which is that you don't have anyone in your life except for your employees. That's dark. Like yeah, I, the, and the worst though. part is like my therapist always yells at me like, for this. Cause she's like, Molly, you're trying to like put yourself into the heads of like people that don't make sense. Like you are not going to be able to like necessarily figure out why these people are doing what they do, whether it's like people in my real life or people in like, you know, just like something like this. And I, well, no. No my therapist and I talk about people in my real life. And then I go home and I apply that advice. Same thing to like someone I watch on TV or anything else, which is like, I, I am literally just doing, I'm throwing darts at a wall for no reason. Like I'm trying to understand the pathology of like treating your people like that in front of cameras. And that's the only thing I can think of. And it seems like what a very like, you know, naive person or a very, arrogant person would think something like an average person would find that respectable somehow
2: he kind of seemed like um like a feral cat like wild and like just kind of cautious of everyone coming up to you because they like want to hurt you just super guarded and like he probably has a reason to be but he just seems oh I think he has a lot of reasons crazy cra just a lot of um defensiveness that's masked by being boastful because like truly he's unhappy. And so if he can show you how good he's doing, like maybe no one can tell how unhappy he is.
1: But at the same time, I feel like he's probably so accessible. Like I feel like if I wanted to, I could probably befriend him and be up at his house by this time next weekend at the latest. Like I feel like he's someone that really would like company you should slide into his dms no i really like i want nothing to do with it like it's sort of like the (laughs) amanda Bynes thing where it's sort of like i want to like you know participate in this part of pop culture but i also am like molly like why would you like do that why would you literally do that like for what like because it's definitely not the clout there's nothing cool about a woman my age hanging out with aaron carter because we Uh, like to watch a train wreck But no, that's sick. Then you're a part of it. Then you're just that weird lady that like you always saw with other people when you were growing up and you're like, dude, what's her deal? What does she get out of this? And it's like, oh, you're just a sicko or, you know, I mean, I certainly wouldn't take Aaron Carter's money, but I'm just saying, I think he's very accessible. Like for, for a person that's also very guarded, I feel like he would probably let a robber into his house. Like because it would be impolite to
2: to say no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, he might not know it's a robber. Like, I feel oh. like some, some person could show up and be like, hey, what's up? Like, I want to smoke you out and then, like, have fucking guns on, you know, because all of his sure. guns are out of his house, and he also has made that very
2: clear. Yeah, he really... Um Played, showed all his cards on these on these podcasts. It was Dude, really interesting what he, he chose like. Also to say.
1: announced what part of town he's living in for the first time because he always used to refer to yeah. it as like being sixty miles away or something. Which like for anyone, that's really far for LA. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So then he like kind of revealed where he was living and also that he's building 25 homes out there. And I'm also being like, dude, like your accountant wants to kill themselves right now. Like shut the fuck up. Like this is bad. Um, so let's get into what a lot of people, uh, probably came here for what i know you and i have on our spirits um we want to talk about caroline calloway we were originally going to do this as sort of like i you know i'm i'm not team caroline but i'm definitely not team natalie and i have felt like kind of uncomfortable about fully airing that simply because like i don't know i do think natalie's fucking talented but i also just i fucking hate what she did here Like, I think it was, like, really dirty. My POV is, like, basically that I just feel like this could have not been written. And I have followed, like, Caroline Calloway sort of loosely since that original scam in January. Mm -hmm. I wasn't – I was going to go through that article with with the whole Natalie thing and sort of break it down, like – paragraph by paragraph to get to like sort of the thesis of what each paragraph was and ultimately what that story really meant. And to me, it just read as someone who felt very poorly about themselves in comparison to another person like banked on what this other person was sort of built up a fantasy that was not true even though she probably knew it wasn't true deep down and you know there was a lot of stuff that was missing from that from that essay for me like a lot of things that were really uncomfortable and I felt like very manipulative like one of them being that apparently she did get paid and does not ha- did not have to return the money that she got from the advance from like that was never anything good that happened to Natalie was not exposed in this essay but like everything bad that happened to her and anything that she could sort of like project onto Caroline and also a lot of this Caroline girl's like life it, it she used she used her downfall to like make a name for herself when her whole like opportunity to make a name of herself was like a grievance about the first time she tried to make her name off of Caroline Calloway. And I just think that if like any single one of us and like, I don't care if you identify as a Natalie or a Caroline, I feel like if any single one of us out there had someone who had like, you know, a sharp pen and like a fucking grievance, write an essay about like the most intimate parts of our lives that it seemed like, you know, Natalie never even fucking liked Caroline. So from like the very beginning, it seemed like the only thing that Natalie liked about Caroline was that Caroline liked her. And then eventually that Caroline could help her. And I, I, you know, these are both like, you know, white women. This is like, also, if we want to get into all of that, is this a story that's really worth telling? No, like it's not, but here we are in the middle of it and like, no one will shut the fuck up about it. And so I, you know, this essay is like brought into our world and I think it's really toxic. I don't think anyone fucking deserves that. I literally would not wish that upon anyone. I wouldn't even wish this upon Natalie. Like, I don't think personally for everything that Caroline does, and a lot of people over the last couple of days, I see this sentiment being echoed over and over again that like people that don't hate Caroline or that that think Natalie's essay was like inappropriate um don't really understand how bad Caroline is because she has this whole history of like you know talking about her ex-boyfriend too much and like, you know, just being shitty allegedly in other areas. Like, yeah. They're the only ones that are still fucking. Yeah, they're the only ones that are still talking about it. The reason why we don't know about it is because it doesn't fucking matter. Like it really doesn't. Like I think even Caroline's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, is over like being spoken about. Granted, I can't say anything you know to that like effect with any sort of confidence, but only because he hasn't sold an essay to the
2: cut about it. Like I really think that it was really sick what Natalie did. I'll be honest. I agree, but on the other hand, Caroline herself has this phrase where it's like, we all have the custody to our memories, and so everyone is in custody of their own memories. And so, you know, if somebody I don't wants think to write ever, about something, then they I don't can. think it have
1: occurred to Caroline to- to write about something like this. I feel like I don't think that she would have ever done an expose like this. Like, I don't know what the fuck she exactly said about her ex-boyfriend, but I certainly don't think it would warrant like projecting sexual assault onto like your relationship with him, like to literally like minimizing their drug habit only to vilify them in the wrong way, like in the worst way, like, to, you know, sort of blaming her for that situation in Amsterdam to sort of taking no accountability for, you know, sort of some of the own decisions that like, you know, Natalie was an architect of her own misery, like in a lot of ways. And I, I just don't understand how one writes basically a hit piece about someone like to me, Natalie read the fuck out of herself. Like I just saw a girl who read the fuck out of herself. I also think Caroline though is like, yeah, like she's done some super fucking unlikable shitty things. Like I could see why she is so abrasive to so many people. I also think that like she unfortunately is like, she's not claiming to be much more than she is. Like she might be a girl with a lot of dreams or whatever, but I don't think she's claiming to be something she's not. And every time some person is like, oh, you know, Caroline wishes that anyone was in, I'm sorry. Yes, people, Caroline doesn't have to wish that people are interested in her. People are fucking interested in her apparently. So this is uh, the main reason why we're, agreeing to still talk about this today we sort of did fill out the show with other stuff because i couldn't bring myself to like do a pure natalie caroline thing at this point um is that apparently allegedly according to the red scare podcast that caroline was on where we're going to talk about um natalie sold the rights to a uh, I don't feel comfortable saying just because like, I don't, I work in this world. That confirmed though? That was just shouted out. That's exactly that what year. I, yeah. So like it had been rumored that, I think I can say if it's, I mean, if I say the truth is that it's rumored, because I don't want to spread a rumor, especially like, I just don't want to do that. Um, it was rumored that, She's Natalie sold the rights to Ryan Murphy for a million dollars. I heard a smaller sum when I heard that rumor elsewhere, but that was the number that was brought up on Red Scare. Um, I will say that, like, you know, anyone who thinks anyone who's ever seen a Ryan Murphy joint can let you know that Natalie is not going to come off scot free in this. Like, I really do see. Natalie almost getting the worst of it in this series
2: in some ways I could see it being a yeah, lot but she like, also gets the million dollars so yeah she gets a million dollars you sell like, your soul like that that's what happens but if you get to be
1: Caroline Calloway like this is the thing is like literally with every day that we talk about her this girl like she got it. She gets another decade on her life. Like this whole thing for all the people, the, all the uproar, all the anti articles, all the blah, blah, blah. Like she's going to dine out on this for the next decade. Like she just is, she will parlay this. She has a new agent. Apparently she's at UTA as of last week. Like she will parlay this into the next thing. Like this girl will be doing a podcast. This girl will probably be getting some sort of book deal. Probably I wouldn't be surprised if she did like a similar to like Kat Marnell, Amazon Studios sort of thing. I would not be surprised if like, you know, yeah, I think that she absolutely has opportunities in this town for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if she collaborated with someone again, slightly more transparently because... You know what she is good at is adding that sort of sparkle. That whether or not you like it, s- some people like it. Do I like it? Is that my world? No, bitch. I never even like read Harry Potter. Or, like Potter, I don't. She's like a that manic pixie dream girl. I don't, That's I don't why know she's a size that shit. Yeah, like that. But like for a very specific type, which I, is a very unlikable type. It's like I, I am past the, you know peak age for gossip girl although i do love pretty little liars and i don't know how to like reconcile that difference but it just is i um i i don't buy into that whole fantasy but what i can see what i look at that it's like when you you can't deny when someone has a, a thing, when someone has a thing. And like, it's not that great of a thing. It's pretty average, but she has a thing. Like, for sure. I can totally see why, at the peak of her Instagram, why people were buying into that. I can see now why people sort of, you know, like in that demo, I can see maybe, you know, sort of that relatable sad girl that's like sees themselves in her and is like, I too want to live a life outside of my you know, outside of anyone's expectations. Like, it's it's not original. I'm not saying subscribe. I'm not, you know, I only follow right now because of the uh, scandal around it. But I can see why someone else would like that.
2: It seems like she has a younger audience, like a young adult audience would be really into that. And it's really interesting to me that it seems from gauging like her likes and stuff and like whatever that she has a ton of like middle-aged stay-at-home mom fan base I feel like there's a lot of like bored housewife energy going on well I mean like it's like an escape she she you know she created a fantasy and I don't know if she claimed to be authentic in all her stories you know I think it's like a million little pieces situation where like there was, there is truth to it, but it's like flourished with flowery language to like make yourself look better or worse depending on what your angle is in that post.
1: I mean, I 100% like when I was blogging like on tumblr and like had all my internet shit going on back in the day it sounds like so old school and sad to talk about it but it's like my reference point for this I had a huge portion of my audience like I would honestly say like 35 percent were people who were much older than me and like when they reached out they would always say something to the effect of like you remind me so much of like me and my friends when we were running around LA like 15 years ago and there's like, you know, there's like all sorts of like, you know, I follow all these like different like YouTubers and people that I'm just like, oh my God, you're out there like creating content. Like that reminds me so much of when I used to do that. And like, I think that for maybe some of those people, maybe they, the, these middle aged women, maybe they ran around and did that, or maybe they stayed home and had kids and they didn't get to do that. And so they always sort of idealize something like that. But I also yeah. think that there's a lot of people, if I'm being real, just by seeing how many people on like blog snark, which I totally lurk on, like, I I will say I have a little bit of like a hard time with it sometimes, because especially when they start to like sort of turn around the well, everyone who doesn't like Natalie, that's internalized misogyny when I'm like, no, 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 honey. It's like, (laughs) let's like, I honestly think that there's a lot of internalized misogyny there personally, that really like darks me out. So as much as I lurk and I do love like delicious gossip, I can't look regularly because sometimes, especially when people start talking about bodies and stuff like that, it makes me really fucking sad. But yeah, if like the blog snark audience is any sort of indicator of how influenceable she is or how good she is at influencing other people, um, she's very good at it like a lot of the people on the blog snark, like the thing that sort of like makes me laugh is like
2: all the people are like low key though. Where did she get her necklace? Or actually like, I like her dresser or I went on that pajama website for an hour looking at pajamas that you can wear to the office.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, guys, like, yo, do you see like you're at like in your sort of like sort of, like, confusion and disgust that she is an influencer, like, you know, pretending to be all these things,
2: like... So a um, lot of the people on the Blog Snark, at least not now, because the the, the owner of the Blog Snark thread got so disillusions with the new people who came after the cut that she quit and now there's like a new thread. Um, Like she just couldn't deal with it. It's like too much. There's too much going on. She doesn't like the new people. There's all these moderating things that you like aren't supposed to talk about her body. You're not supposed to diagnose her. You're not supposed to contact her comment or anyone she like is friends with. Like there are rules, but then you have to keep reading the comments to like make sure people are following the rules. And it just became much. But from what I understand about the old school people on the blog, Stark or Gomi, Gomi was like the original like blog shit talking place. Which
1: I um, remember when it first came out, but yeah, like, it's still I... Around. no, I know it's still around. I'm like surprised. Like I, I remember like Lauren Lapkus, like brought it up to me when she came and did Mother May with podcast. And she said that she, like, reads that. And I was like, oh, like, what do you... Like,
2: she said she... The Freckled Fox or something came up. My sister's a huge fan of Gomi because she, like, hates, like, Mormon mommy bloggers.
1: That was the last, like, thing I remember going to Gomi to, like, look that up. But, like, I didn't... Just through looking up... um, blog snark first for caroline calloway and then i was like i wonder what people have to say about deuce like i felt like so dirty doing it i'm like admitting it um but i started to realize like oh fuck like that's still like really out here i don't know why i would think it would go away like i used to totally participate in that culture Um, but I, at some point I just like, I don't know, I guess I just started like reading about conspiracies
2: or something like my, (laughs) a lot of the, a lot of the old school people though on blog snark who now are not participating were fans of hers that have turned and not even just like recently, like there's all these things before I, you know, was aware of her existence even where like. Her ex-boyfriends asked her to stop like mentioning them or like revealing certain things about people or like Caroline think, yeah. yeah or like taking pictures of her like hookups without like that are inappropriate and like like all, all these things like whatever it is that then they decided oh we're not a fan anymore in a positive way but we're still totally like enthralled with what they're doing and then you know, that's where that came about. Some of these people have been following her since 2012. It's insane. Like they've seen the whole gambit and like, for whatever reason, I've decided that like, I still can't stop watching her, but now I don't like her. I do think though, like it's
1: tough. Like I, I don't relate generally like to that because I think that for the most part, like people like know that it's not really like worth it to troll me. But like when I started my like <laughs> when I started my Amazon store, my public storage unit, which I still have by the way, and it's on shopsundermommy.com. Um if you want to check out the eBay version as well. But I when I started that I was like uh, calling it my store. I still call it my store. And some lady was like please it's not a store. It's a fucking public storage unit. And I was like Oh my God. Like, (laughs) I know it is. I like told you, like, I (laughs) like, why are you taking this so much more seriously than me? And sometimes when I read the comments on like blog snark or whatever, like certain ones that are really critical and cynical about Caroline, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, are you, is this the type of person who thought that like, I really thought I had a a fucking banging boutique when I would talk about my store? Cause like, that is like such a, like, I they hold sorry.
2: her to a very professional level of of being when she admits that she's not. But I think as far as I know and I haven't been following that long, she used to pretend to like have it all together and then just recently decided that like she's going to be real and like admit that she doesn't have it all together and that really upset people apparently.
1: I guess I could see that for sure. I mean I'm sh- like that's that is again like the catch 22 of sort of lifting the veil as
2: an Instagram Influencer, yeah. like And it, it also, I know it upsets people, on. it upsets people that, and I don't know if this is just like jealousy out of not having as much family wealth or opportunity as she has or or whatever, but people get pissed that like, she went to all these fancy schools and like got terrible grades. And now she's saying like her dad's in hundreds and thousands of dollars of debt. And she like went to these schools and, you know, some people think she has like nothing to show for it or whatever, but it's like, that's all, it's all just opinion. That's why I like blog snark though, is because it's like a safe place to be an asshole and it's like, you know, and and it's a contained area in which to do so. I guess, like at this point, and maybe it would be useful
1: later, but I feel like at this point, I don't really have anyone that, like, I when I see those things, half the time I want to defend the person. Like, some people
2: do, and they have, and and having this cut thing happen so close to her dad dying has really shown a, a range, I think, of people's emotions because they are still critical of her actions in some ways and also very empathetic in some ways, you know, a lot of the people that are on Reddit have mentally ill parents or they've had terrible shit happen to them or circumstantial things happen. And, and it's a, it's a multifaceted fascination and emotional range that, that goes on there.
1: I think the thing that gets me though, is like sort of, and like, yes, to a certain point, like we all have to accept that, like, life is rough. Um, but like the thing that gets me and we'll go into the red scare podcast now, cause it does sort of relate to like the blog snark stuff, um, where there was a guy in the audience of this live podcast. And we'll back up and explain a little bit more about that yesterday who, when Caroline brought up her father died, he yelled, you know, all of our dads are dead and like he sort of like heckled her with it and I feel like that's another sort of attitude that a lot of people have which is like yeah well everyone loses people and like I will say that you know I am from a big Irish Catholic family but I'm the only one that's from a single parent and like a lot of my aunts and uncles have sort of gone separate ways after like my grandparents passed away and you know, my mom is divorced now. And like, I, you know, when my grandparents died, it was the worst fucking thing that ever happened to me. And still like, I'll never be the same person again. And I I know that when you don't have many people in your life, like blood relatives that tie you to the earth, the world is a lot more scary like it really is like every death means a lot more because there's no
2: excess of people that's why i'm like, so sad to watch her spiral out in her stories like it seems like she has no friends and no family and all she has is instagram and it's it, it's really sad it's um, i have a lot of compassion for her to be honest as like a child 100%. of a person whose dad committed suicide like it sucks it's so brutal yeah, I, t- I 100%. And to to yeah. grieve in the media like that, like I know she doesn't want anyone to tell her how to fucking grieve, but like maybe you should log off for a little bit and just like take a day. Like but it's, you don't have like to pump out content if you don't, I don't know. It's a lot to watch. not to hear it. Like she doesn't, I
1: don't think she would know how to be still. Like I think that yeah. she knows to. She so hears like, all the people saying like, you know, log off put your phone down find someone who cares about you like it's very easy to say that to a person whose life you don't know and like who also seems determined to get in her own way right now which like to me is another sign that she's not doing great at all um i realize that you know some people might not agree with this but i do think that one thing that was so tragic especially about caroline's dad dying The day after the cut piece and the cut piece in general, her finding out rather the day after the cut piece and the cut piece in general was that, you know, Natalie, and I'm not going to get into the socioeconomics of it all because I don't think that's necessarily relevant. But like Natalie is a sister that she's very close to and she has parents that she's very close to and she's married and none of those things are the answer to life for sure, but she has a support network. Yeah. And she has a lot of resources and a lot of things that if she wanted to, to break into writing, like she had a lot of the right ends. She was working in the TV world. T- like at least, you know, I didn't, she never said what her job was, but I assume that if she needed to get a script to someone, she could. I don't know why she had to write about Caroline, of all people, to get her break. And why, I, I don't know, for me... I've had so many things, I have so many things that I could write if I wanted to really like tell the truth of something and like fucking blow people's minds a little bit about some truths. I have things like that and I have things like that that I've written for myself privately and I have things like that that I've thought about selling, but I haven't because I, every time I start to get into it, I'm like, is it, is it worth it? Like, not is it worth the money, but is it worth it to have that on my soul? And the answer is always no. Like, I just don't want to go to bed at night thinking like that that was worth it. It just isn't. It's never going to be, that would never be worth it to me to like, you know, sell half of my soul in order to like throw another's
2: whole soul under the bus. Like, I just, I just don't, whatever. I feel like I might, to be honest. Like, I'm pretty vengeful and am one of those like year in a day type of people. Like you might not, you might not know it's coming, but like if I still feel a certain type of way in a long amount of time, like you, you might get a little revenge. Secret, um, secret revenge on ice. You think you could get revenge on
1: someone like this all these years later? I you just really, think
2: I'm a mean, meaner person than you are. Like you, like you said, you said seven like, years later. Like I mean, listen, I have a lot of like. I mean, if the opportunity I was heard, right, I don't think she would have written this out of anger if there wasn't a paycheck behind it. If Caroline had not been so in the news and gone viral as a scam or whatever, like she she wouldn't have gotten money I mean Caroline's right that she got this published because of who Caroline is like she's still making money off her name well like let me say
1: this way I would never write something like that about
2: someone if I if I didn't desperately need the money yeah and maybe she does we don't know maybe she like you know this is all a Plan in their five year plan to like buy a house or something. Like, but I know. just think she's
1: talented enough that if she could have done that without this essay that really sort of depicted her as no offense, the type of person that certainly isn't trustworthy. Sure. You know I mean, like I I kind of think like honestly the the version of a character she gave gave away which you know I'm sure not everyone wants to work with me either but the kind of last person I would want to have as my business partner or someone working next to me or creating with me is someone like Natalie sure I agree because it sounds like she keeps a, a little shitty list on her and like you know sort of is waiting to you make her sign mean, an
2: NDA for sure.
1: Well, NDA either way. Like, I think that she would find a, like, she just seems like, I think everyone should be there for the right reasons, you know? And maybe that's like a very unrealistic thing to say, but, um, when people come in with a unrealistic sense of
2: being owed something, yes. Or like, there's an opportunity. I think she sees her relationship with Caroline as an injustice, that this in her mind was going to write. Like, I kind of understand that thinking. I think it's off base, but I think that's what she thought was like, you know, I'm jealous. I am the like dowdy friend to this like beautiful blonde girl. She, you know, she has confidence to ask for what she wants where probably Natalie didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I do see the dynamic there and and both sides and why she would write this. It doesn't make her look good. And I don't agree with the way she wrote it in the terms that, like, I think that there was a lot of things left out. I think that also if you're going to tell a tell all, you should tell all. And I think there was a lot of things left out on both sides about, like, what happened on the Instagram <sighs> night. And, like, mm-hmm. just in general, she made herself seem really... She made herself jealous. really she like so she jealous. was a victim. She yeah. was, a, and and honestly, like yes, I think that. But it didn't make it seem like it was not necessarily like Caroline's fault either. Like all, all Caroline seemed to do was just like live her life kind of obliviously because she had the opportunities to do so. so
1: but this, this is where I see her as an unreliable narrator because I think that she sort of made Caroline in the know when she wanted to or and made her like, you know, whether or not she knew like, you know, some of the details of like the experience when she was setting up her Airbnb after her assault in Brooklyn and then sort of placing that joke in Caroline's mouth that was on her Instagram. The only thing that Natalie didn't claim to write directly in the thing in the entire article was that Instagram caption. Which included the joke about her sexual assault, which I'm not sure Natalie ever even told Caroline about. And the whole paragraph made it seem, at least there was a very much, while it was never directly said that, you know, she somehow placed, projected a lot of this, a little bit of this anger onto Caroline that happened from her assault. Like she sort of, Sure. The idea that she sort of muddied it and sort of said it was like very insult to injury and that, you know, maybe Caroline was not so conscious of this or aware of how hurtful it was to her. I never heard her say when she told Caroline and if Caroline knew that she was sitting there with like a bruised face while she ate her egg sandwich and the Airbnb and like I never we never heard certain versions of like when these, when these details were shared. And because of that, I'm just very like, I'm very confused about like why someone who wrote so carefully would leave out such things that are so obvious to me as like a reader that really perk my curiosity, not because I want to pull like poke holes in Natalie's story, but because if Caroline really did do something super awful, like like where she like, you know, denied Natalie's sexual assault or like, you know, laughed about it in her face or like, you know, sort of brushed it off and made her not feel good about it. Like yeah. if she did that, I think Natalie would have said that, but she didn't
2: say that. So it seems like and Caroline said this at the Red Scare pod that and she was not wrong that Natalie created a very flat negative character for caroline in that story and created herself to be this like complex like sympathetic victim which is not wrong she totally did that um and that could be how she sees herself you know or it could have been a very strategic writing choice also we don't know what her editors had to do we don't know what the original piece was about or how they how they changed it or what kind of, um, influence she got on, on how to make this more clickable or, or a better read for people.
1: It could have been different.
2: I opinions that I will keep
1: private, but I feel like a lot of times I can spot where things were beefed up for editing, where people where an editor told you to go a little bit harder. And I feel like I know, Half of the places where Natalie got notes in this essay. Like you can just yeah.
2: see. It, it looked see heavily areas. edited. Yeah. You can see areas where she's
1: fucking beefing it up and ramping it up. And I think part of that is because if you're going to be this petty, it better fucking be good. Yeah. And, you know, if. You know, if you really like, if you really chose to like vilify these people, like I think that it was good. I think that it was good for the vilification of Caroline. I honestly—it was a great read. I have thrown one hundred and sixty-five dollars at so many stupid things, like hoping it would change my life or make me feel good for a day or be a special treat. So, like even from the beginning of hearing about this like whole mason jar scam thing, I literally never. Thought it was a scam or had that big of a problem with it. I thought it was fucked up. But the fact that everyone was refunded or whatever, I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, I think that it was really shitty and that, like, this person should not be holding events. Like, it was a little bit of a micro TanaCon. And, like, by micro, I mean, like, literally one one hundredth of the people were like, she probably victimized 400 people versus 4,000, right? And not that that makes it okay. But like, it always seemed like a
2: girl who's very poor at planning. Well, that like, part doesn't bother me. What bothers me about that, and as an event planner, like, why well, I, I, I will just say, like, that
1: uh, my my only point in that was to say was that from day one, I sort of was underwhelmed by her this girl being a scam because I think so many people online are fake, and that this scam was the the same way that a lot of people are saying, including Natalie herself, which is that she's just not very good at that sort of thing. So I never really, I never disliked her. I thought she was ridiculous, but that's
2: it. Like, so that's anyway, sorry, but you, what you were going to say about the scam. I just think that even, I understand what it's like to not be a project manager. It's hard to keep everything organized and like logical on a timeline and under budget that works. It's very difficult to run events if you have no experience doing so. And That doesn't bother me. Everyone fucks up events and like goes over budget and like fucking orders 1,200 mason jars to your like fifth floor walk-up apartment. Like, you know what? We live and we learn. But she's definitely lied about things about that now. That's what I don't like about Caroline is that in general, she will do things that are relatable and, and dumb. And that is the vulnerable part that we like to see about her is that we all make mistakes and whatever. But then she really doubles down on like denying that she did so like denying she you know um wanted people to bring their own lunch to one thing when like we have screenshots or like you know or saying like last night at the red scare podcast that like Natalie did offer her money for the Netflix show and she refused and then went on her instagram this morning or whatever yesterday whenever it was to say that she didn't offer her any money. I just think she changes the narrative a little bit, even though we all have record of the first narrative, because she doesn't proofread herself or edit herself in any way. That's her whole thing. So then when she does, it's contradictory to the first thing she said, because she went back and posted the final version when she already posted the first draft that we read. You know what I mean?
1: I I, 100% I I agree I think that she definitely she definitely says things and then likes to give them a second draft and her like the
2: second time she repeats it and like and makes herself look better generally which I mean I understand wanting to do that but it's the impulse control it's it's insane how little impulse control she has I think that's what's fascinating about her personally. No,
1: I agree. I, I, I agree. And I have like very bad impulse control in a different way. Like where I literally like spout out like something completely undercutting myself or making me sound like I didn't plan or something, you know what I mean? When in fact it's been working on I'm something I've been working on. And so I just like, but I like, you know, I blurt it out, like, I I throw myself under the bus all the fucking time, like, all the time. I think I reverse Caroline Calloway.
2: Um, But yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that she- That must be imposter syndrome. I feel like she is the opposite of imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, but at the same time, that's also a very insecure young woman. At the same time, I think that she just sells. I think- The thing that I actually do relate to about Caroline that I will say, I see myself in her a little bit. And it was so funny because I had been thinking of these words for like a few days. And then I watched um, Demi Moore talking to Diane Sawyer about sort of like how she came out to Hollywood and just like sort of hit the town and like went for it. And she said like, well, you know, honestly, like I just sort of like had nothing to lose. And I was like, Oh my God, those were the words I was thinking of when I was thinking of the part of me that I think Caroline has too, which is that like this sense of confidence when it comes to like putting yourself out there or whatever, it seems like it's like something sort of magical, but in reality, like there's a breed of people that just have nothing to fucking lose. Like what am I going to do? Like have like lose family I don't have? Like what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like what is to lose by putting yourself out there? Like I think that that's like not an enviable mindset either, you know? And I think that that's something that I see definitely in my younger self that I see in her and still like to some of the main traits of mine to this day, but just sort of like the way that I... I'm just very open and like when I meet people in person, super fucking open and like put myself out there in a way that people think I'm very confident when in reality, I'm just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Walk around the planet alone?
2: Well, you also, I can see relate to Caroline in the same way where- your content that you post is very personal. Like even though please advise is generally answering other people's questions, you're doing it from your place where like, you know, and we know a lot about you just through your, you know, what you decide to share. And so when you make content that's personal and that becomes your art, and then you're the subject now of your own art, that's really intense. Like when, you know, it's not like you're painting still lives or like a, you know talking like interviewing other people all the time, necessarily like it's it's really easy to get neurotic when the subject you're always producing on is yourself. It's like too much time thinking about yourself,
1: one hundred percent that's why I like not talking like literally not talking about myself so much like on the lifetime podcast and everything else like yeah, I had this uh friend in town last week. He was like 100% like just like telling me like everything about his family and everything else. And at one point he was like, oh my God, am I like telling you too much? And I literally was like, honestly, it is so nice to just not be the one on the other side of this. Like, I love it when when you talk on microphone and like you ever have to like be self-referential or if you like are on Twitter or whatever, it becomes really nice just to like, sit back and not just like average listen to a friend like let someone download on you like I'm like give it to me I'll take it like I'll, I'll take I want to hear everything give it to me yeah um but let's get into the red scare thing because I okay. want to know from you I have no back history with these girls except I don't either know that they are like some sort of political podcast they said some a really fucked up you know thing about the girl Greta is her name Thorn? uh, it's not Thornburg. It's, uh, something like that. The girl, Greta, who killed yeah, it. The at climate the change event. girl. Yes. And, um, they said something really fucked up about her and like, it's, yeah, it's like, it's 2019. Like, come on, you can't do that.
2: especially uh, like a young girl. I feel like they're just like shock jocks, you know, they're just like, um, yeah. Controversial and- for being controversial. Cause that's what gets you, attention. I mean, I although I don't know, I've actually daddy. never listened to their podcast. I just listened to like a bootleg recording of that Caroline podcast. So I don't know what their regular so format in, is like. I have no that idea.
1: that what you sent to me? Because that yes. recording was,
2: okay, I hoped
1: to God that that was someone else's recording because-
2: That was like someone in the audience. And then I got that from BlogStark. Somebody posted it. Like you can listen to the Red Scare podcast or whatever here. And that's where I got that from.
1: Now, again, this is going to sound like I'm literally like doing favors for Caroline Calloway. I honestly think that this show, anyone would have floundered during, especially if it was someone who was coming to try and like give statements. And... What she did was she invited New York media to this podcast that was already set to go. These two girls that host this podcast, like, sort of came into her life the day before her, their live podcast and convinced her to come on and sort of give a lot of the exclusives that she later sort of wrote about in her Instagram captions. The thing that things that she wasn't able to say, and I want to, you know. I want to be careful here because I think that she purposely invited in sort of like the town hall a little bit, but she did
2: that totally on purpose.
1: But at the same time though, dude, what I'm going to say is like the people in that room, it was the worst etiquette and behavior that I've ever heard. It's not a theater audience. You don't yell out in the theater. And especially like, I understand that like, you know, For example, like my favorite murder, I think a great service that they have done like in their live podcast episodes is they reinforce for listeners at home that like your interjection is not welcome. Yeah. It's not needed. It doesn't help the show. Like I think that the girls, you know, that host the show, I don't know if they do live podcasts often or regularly or if they've ever had a guest of that size, but the way that the show got so quickly out of their control. And it was the guy that was on stage who I'm not sure if he's their producer or like some sort of creative voice on the show. But I mean, he was scolding the audience and just being like, guys shut up because they were talking the whole time. And I will say to, to defend sort of everyone up there, except for I don't know. I wish that the hosts were had had held tighter reins a little bit. Um, That behavior is fucking unacceptable. Like you have to shut that down. If you've ever been on stage and some people in the audience are even like whispering, let alone like having just like conversations, like the the three girls that were sitting at the table next to wherever that was recorded. Um, I heard, like, shortly after I found out that Caroline lost her virginity at 18, I also learned that the girls at that table lost their virginities at 16, 16, and 15. Like, people were having full blown conversations that were, like, all caught on this. Like, I heard, like, full blown interactions. I heard one girl talking about being a dolphin or a mermaid, people saying that they were going outside for a SIG people like, you know, like just was the chaos in there. And I, I know that also New York can run a little bit more drunk at these things than LA, just because like people are coming in from after work or whatever, but people seemed shit faced. They seemed really vicious and like, it should have either been a not a live podcast, just like some sort of Q and a or something, but like the it was impossible to hear anything and like the whole bit was like the audience was rolling their eyes at like caroline restarting her statement every time she spoke but like they wouldn't let her talk yeah. and so she would start a like a sentiment or like basically getting into like the meat of a question that was asked to her and then people would derail the conversation people in the audience were you know, if you've ever been on stage and like, there's a, like a heckler in the audience, or you're not used to being on stage one of your first times, imagine. And like, there's people that are having conversations you can hear in the seats ahead of you. It is so distracting. It's so rude. It like paralyzes you. I don't know that she has a ton of experience doing stuff like that. I have like a small to medium experience level with that and I can tell you that that's like a nightmare like what they all put themselves through that night was like an absolute disaster and I think that it was a wasted opportunity because all these people were clearly there to get shit out of her
2: but no one would let
1: her fucking talk
2: there's partly that which I totally agree with but I also think that she is not a fan of brevity And when you're doing a question and answer type of thing, if you go on to basically like answer as flowery as one of your Instagram captions, it's not going to bode well. for the audience. I agree with you. There's both parts of that. The audience was terrible. I'm not disagreeing in that. That's fucked up. And I don't think that Caroline's even taken like an improv class. Like, I don't think she knows how to be off the cuff as far as like rolling with the punches and yes anding. And I don't think she's ever like, like she talks to her phone in her studio alone. Like her audience is an audience of one personally, because she's looking at herself. So she's not used to even having people looking back at her content in real time. That's got to be super disorienting in its own right, you know?
1: Well, I also will say that I think that part of her answering in like, sort of like quotable quotes was because she did invite so much press there. And every time she'd be like, oddly opposed, like loudly opposed by someone in, the audience or even one of the hosts sort of interjecting the reason why she kept starting over was because I think she was trying to answer very specific questions, knowing that she would be quoted into her grave. But unfortunately because the audience wouldn't fucking let her talk in the time that she probably could have answered 20, 25 questions, she was able to really answer like three yeah. And a lot of it was about sort of like this sort of weird forcing a friendship dynamic at the top and like sort of just giving the audience like every turn to, to turn on her very early on. Like the girls seemed to be really out of control of the show or just hoping that she would get pummeled, which
2: again- they set her up for sure. The host, the other guy, I don't know his name, but he's, he was like, and now welcome to the stage, someone I've never fucking heard of, which which is funny and whatever, but it also sets the tone that, like, we don't like this person and we're sick of her and you should be too.
1: I so mean, I will really say that- For, like, a fair fight, you know? Any time that, like, two girls, like, that are hip on the scene, like, randomly want to insert themselves in your life and pretend to do you a favor, like, at, like, one of the worst times in your life, they're
2: probably not there for the right reasons. Like, and, even and that- that was like, Caroline got a DM from someone saying like, hey, did you see that these girls talked about you on their podcast? And then Caroline took it on upon herself to be like, I'm going to invite them to dinner. So I don't I I don't know where that motivation. I came think from. she probably genuinely thinks that she won
1: them over. I think that she literally is like we're two girls in the same pond. Like I don't want you to dislike me. Like if we can find common ground, like let's find common ground. I'm I'm fucking naive, That's naive like naive. that. That's, That's so I'm naive. naive. I am I am naive like that. I will say if <laughs> that it was Can't at imagine. all her thing, I totally. That's my POV though. Maybe it's something much more like, you know, maybe they're evil geniusing it up. I don't know what it is, but I would say that I don't. I think that I could, especially if my guard was down in in younger years of my life. And God, I feel like this sounds like I'm the biggest Caroline apologist. I'm not. I just am, I like Caroline's not even my beat. Like that's not something that I would ever normally be into. I think the thing is, I'm just like, why (laughs) does everyone care? About this one girl that's doing a version of what a thousand other people do, except the only things we know to be true, true, true of her is that like are very sad things. Like they're all yeah. things that add up to like being fucking sad. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that everyone was handed a fucking great opportunity the other night during that podcast where she absolutely was like led in by these wolves,
2: like <laughs> you know what? It's the equivalent of is when in high school or middle school you invited a girl you didn't like over to fuck with her at the sleepover. Yeah, like she she got she got invited just so they could put like toothpaste all over her face while she was sleeping. Yeah. Which I've done that. I've been that mean girl. And I've also been the girl at the sleepover. And either way is like a really shitty night because (laughs) you either make someone feel really bad and get in trouble with your parents or you have fucking toothpaste all over your face and then you realize like everyone hates you. Like that- Yeah. Either way sucks. Like they definitely thought they were gonna get one over on her. And like they really just fucked themselves. Like they're getting grounded. No one's, I don't think they got like I don't think people are going to become listeners now because of that podcast that they did live because there was a good opportunity for them to do a crossover. And I think they just shot themselves in the foot, really.
1: Well, like any fans of Caroline are probably not going to follow up with them after this. No, but also most of the blog snark people
2: hate her. Like no one, one. or not her, but uh, the the Red Scare Girls. That's what I was going to say. The only other thing
1: I know about them is the stuff that people who I assume are blog snark people like have sent me. Like one girl sent me a link yesterday and then I think I did see something else on uh Twitter or Pod Snark or Blog Snark or whatever Podsnark, it's called. Yes. What's Podsnark? That's amazing. Let's start it. Is that a thing? No, like, <laughs> it was on blogs. Yeah, it was something. It was about ba- I no, I think it was um in her Instagram comments. Someone was like, Do you agree that like it was okay when they called Greta like the arsler or whatever? And um I like I didn't see it. It was probably before she deleted it or something. But um, that's all I know about them is those two things. And like uh, either way that leaves me, I'm like, and if I was a a listener of them, I'd be like, dude, you fucking blew that. Like you could have gotten so much good stuff out of her if you had just like controlled the
2: audience. Like, I don't- Maybe um, maybe Caroline should take a a cue from Aaron Carter and go on the Logan Paul podcast she loves Logan Paul. Um but you know I
1: I do think that that was a shame because it's like a great venue that they were in and is it was like been a, there? The, it's like yeah, it's a big it's a big venue. She posted a picture too so you can see like it did 10. look big. Was it like 2000 people? How what do you think the capacity was for that? I mean, that's two thousand people is fucking huge. Like, oh. if if I no most of the podcast shows I know, like outside of like Ronnie and Ben and like other big people, like most podcast live shows are like one hundred and fifty people. Oh, okay. Like, I have no reference for that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my favorite murder, like they tour
2: globally, like
1: they draw in a different crowd. I couldn't and, like, get
2: tickets. I tried.
1: But I also, I don't know how big Red State is. Maybe they're fucking huge. And so that was like sort of an embarrassingly small venue for them. But I think that that's that's a, a larger than average venue for
2: sure. I think on their part, they were not selling out tickets. And so they invited her to drum up business possibly and and you know
1: that that would have been smart if they had really also made it something that they could genuinely post on patreon and like didn't invite a ton of journalists who were going to leak it all beforehand and you know um if they were going to invite journalists like give them upfront seats and let them like bring their writing devices and then also the rest of the audience if you can't be on good behavior you can't stay like when anyone is acting super out of control like this is not a fucking Grateful Dead concert this isn't like
2: you know like this isn't I mean where were the ushers aren't there ushers that like control the audience and make you like there should be I mean I feel
1: like this isn't a proper theater I think it's like the bell house is like sort of like a like a venue and if they didn't tell people Like you set the tone, like you set the tone where you sort of say like, this isn't an interactive show. Like you wait for the Q and A, like, yeah, if you tell your audience to treat you like you're doing a show, they should do that. And if they don't, they should leave. Like, I just felt like that was like such a wasted opportunity because I can imagine she'll do something like that again, but it's never going to have like the same magic it would have as the first time, which would have been great if like there was like a really great with like people that she thought were her peers and like could just sort of like dish on that level, that would be fantastic. But like this, that was a horror show. Especially hearing like so I mean like everyone's dad's dead. Like her father passed away; he suicided himself two weeks ago. Yeah, like get it's a fucking too, it's spine. too fresh. First of all, yeah, it's like not chic to be like yelling at like. I know 27 is certainly not young, but this is not like a hardened older person. Like this oh, She is truly...
2: considers herself a young girl, so she would disagree with you, actually.
1: I'm sure she would. But I mean, let's just be real. She's not, a, she's not a young girl, but she also is not like a hardened person by any means. Like, she probably could use a little hardening, but I don't suggest anyone get hardened by someone screaming, everyone's dad is dead, get over it. Her Saturn return is going to be wild the next couple of years, truly. I can't imagine. I honestly think we're coming out on the other end of this with her being married to someone
2: pretty wealthy. I um, hope so. That'd you know, be great. Maybe that not going very long, but She's already her- living that lifestyle. She gets to go to Pilates every day. She's like going to therapy every day. She's like living that like rich New York wife lifestyle already. But so- I always love that you say that. Like when we asked you on please advise, we were like, what would you do if you like? How do you were like literally nothing? I'm like, so jealous that she gets to just do all this like self-care every day, to be honest. But that's the, that's the thing, is like I think that's
1: it. Her. I think the the big problem is like when people are going off being like oh, I would love to see her have to get up at 6 a.m. like I do every day. And I'm right. like, it's like, you let's that reverse shit. that. <laughs> let's reverse this. You would love to see yourself get up at 9 a.m. and then like stretch a little bit,
2: go get some, go get coffee. a croissant, go get some coffee and like wear the same socks for six weeks in a row and do Pilates. That's but it's the go. same
1: things that led you to be an, a well enough adjusted person to be able to work a 12 hour shift as a doctor. <laughs> Like, these people come on with these fucking lives that they live just like with their amazing spouses and like all this, their power jobs and like they're bashing Caroline and I'm like dude you clearly are very high functioning like why are you picking on this girl who is not high functioning
2: at all That's such an interesting point because like, being high functioning is exhausting I think I think a lot of people don't like how she complains about things because her life seems so simple. But the truth is, we don't know what her life is like. We only know what she presents to us. So if she presents to us things that are simple or that cause her joy or grief or whatever, we don't know like the 23 other hours that go into her day, you know? I will just say
1: this one other thing too, because it does seem so constant with her, like the posting and everything else. And people are like, oh my God, it's nonstop. Like, as someone who has had to produce like 11 gossip items in a day for over the course of five hours, like, you can bang out a lot of shit. Like, if you just want to write and like throw it up, you can do that. And it actually is not that time consuming. Um, it's the other stuff that happens in between that I feel like is where Caroline's drama lives It's like the minute to minute of her checking her email inbox and like Finding out that like one of her matisse bbs fell apart in the mail or like, you know, something else It's like these these other like small fucking i'm sure the the stresses that she's
2: caused herself are a nightmare Yes, I feel like she is a self-sabotager because she lacks impulse control. Just that's like the bottom line theory I have about Caroline. That's the thing. I totally,
1: that was my takeaway from the podcast too, is the self-sabotage. Yeah. I was like the self-sabotage of, I think that when someone in the audience yelled out Ryan Murphy, I think that that was the first time she had heard that. She seemed
2: very shocked. and and She tried to play it off (laughs) like she knew, but... I listened to the audio, but, but even before I heard the full thing, I just like sleuthed on Instagram to anyone who was there and looked at all their little stories and her face looked genuinely shocked.
1: Yeah. I mean, that had been a rumor that I had heard. I had heard it was like Ryan Murphy and blah, blah, blah. And let's say like, honestly, that could be, that could also not be true. I could see that being exactly the kind of story that other people would want to believe. I do think that the best version of this has already been made and it's called Ingrid Goes West. Like, The most entertaining. Yeah, I think that that is actually like not that far off from what Natalie depicted in her story, save for some details. Like where, you know, this neither one of these characters are perfect, but like it's the one that you know at least Ingrid fucking (laughs) had some accountability at the end. Like Natalie's gone strode off into the sunset, like just killing it, but. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I fucking, these girls will be fine. It's, it's, that's the worst part of it. Is that like, they just secured the bag. Yeah. They'll be fine. They've just left us with this. They've handed us this wreckage, but I will. Yeah. I guess to the Ryan Murphy point, my guess my old point was like, there are obviously ways that a lot of people would know that number. If they even worked at a studio that was bidding on it, they would know who won that and like what it went for. Um, so there are plenty of people that could give that information away. Um, but it does seem like that's something that's just sort of being passed around. And, um, then someone brought it up at the bell house, which anyone like, you know, anyone who has uh, the right snark circle could have, gotten a hold of that fact sure jenna thank you so much for joining me of course this took much longer than i thought it would but You're we are welcome
0: this thanks for we got
1: we gotta get please advise nation like really caught up um guys just to be clear it's hard it's hard to summarize my feelings about this caroline Nati- it's natalie it's complex i am not team caroline nor am i team natalie I'm team, i'm team like fucking trying to figure like watching girls trying to figure it out like i don't know
2: Um, i'm fascinated on all accounts to be honest jenna thank you so much for joining me you're welcome everyone should follow you thanks you're welcome to follow me i kind of took an instagram break so i'm not posting like anything um but one day i will again so it's good to take instagram breaks it's not the best for you no, not really. And it became too much with like following models and following all this Britney stuff. And it uh, just, it was a lot. So now I'm hooked on something else, obviously. So I need to like get it together and like find my peace.
1: But you're always a good follow. You're on Twitter too, at Holler At Me. I know you're private,
2: yes. but maybe some, there'll be some cool peeps that want to yeah, come follow you. You can request me. I'll go on there. If you're following malls and stuff, I'll know you're not like a weirdo. So are you still can- doing your neon thing? No, I quit neon because it's too expensive to bend. Um, but I started doing a printmaking class. So um, I'm taking like, a, I don't know, there's all these ways to make prints. But you basically like what I'm doing right now is taking these metal zinc plates and then etching them um, and then like dipping them in acid and then using a printing press and, and making um, prints. It's Well, let us know where we can find your art when it's ready, babe. Okay, we'll see. I, I'm not selling it, but but yeah, we'll see what's going on. I'm thinking about doing wood tuning. I don't know what that is. Well,
1: we can all look it up. All right. Thank yeah. you for coming on, Jenna, and I will talk time. to you soon. Thanks for listening, you guys. All right. Bye. bye.